0: Welcome to episode 22 of It's Server Time. We have the usuals. Yes, no guess once again, but who needs guests when we have as bright of minds as we do here? Starting off, of course, right to my right, we have Note, HLTV writer, was actually at Blast uh, Fall Finals. Is that your... No, was that your first time in, uh, in Copenhagen? Not first time in Europe at all. Wow. Yeah, anywhere overseas. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. okay we'll get we'll
0: get into let's get let's get actually you know what what was your what was the favorite what was your favorite thing you did in copenhagen non-cs related
2: dude i barely got time to explore i was really dumb and didn't book any extra days Uh, oh no so uh we had like three hours or so that we went into copenhagen to actually check out the city oh Um,
0: wow geez that's that's rough okay um, (laughs) okay next to note though we have josh mix uh, formerly of some huge coaching projects. Uh, as he as he looks in like the Wolverine meme, though, I'm pretty sure one team that he worked with before, kind of the extra salt gang, they're doing pretty well. We're going to talk
3: about them later. But but mix, what's what's uh, what's happening with you lately? Um. Well, currently, I don't have a keyboard because I don't have enough USB slots uh, <laughs> without my thing that is now broken. So, <laughs> <laughs> OK, that just broke. So something just broke for him. And uh, no. at least, well, you're hap- we're
0: happy to have you. We're happy to have you here. <laughs> yeah. And then of course we have Pronogo, the guy that uh if you are a long time viewer, he's been here on every podcast. You might not have seen him, but you may have heard him, and he's been the producer. He was originally the the producer for, for Peekers Advantage, actually. Way back. Uh that's that's how that's how uh we met actually, just in an online interview. Uh well actually let's do a we'll do a little origin story here for, okay. for uh for people. For so Davy Davy and I were looking to reboot the Peekers Advantage podcast, obviously keeping Semphis and bringing in myself but we needed a producer because Davey and I are way too I don't know lazy maybe lazy yeah we're we're, we're too lazy to uh, to put this together to make, make it actually like you know good and look nice and set all this stuff up so we interviewed a couple of people we put out I think a tweet looking for somebody and I think it was uh pretty obvious that Pernogo's just work ethic and passion like it really jumped out to us like I I feel like we did we you were the first interview of a few and it was like after that one we were like do we even need to do the other interviews like you you were just it was so obvious that you were just like gonna be better than everybody else and you were and you're still here because of that
4: shout out to whoever came after me and was like I don't know anything but I can learn or something (laughs) I I, I remember hearing about that afterwards I don't know who that guy is but shout out to him
0: yeah shout shout shouts out to those that those guys that guy i forgot who they were and let's not talk <laughs> about them we're not here to trash talk them we're here to trash talk teams True. we're here to trash talk players and that's why we're gonna get into the Blast fall finals results uh first team though uh i want to talk about is astralis and uh so what, what are some opening thoughts you guys have about loads, how of, this trash loads of trash lineup
2: i was yeah. impressed by them honestly I mean, yeah, I outside of the whole Glaive opting over lucky situation that was happening, I think the the team just coming into this looked really good. Obviously it's partially the fact that Config looked really sick this whole event. Um, but as a whole I think the team with limited practice under their belts, they looked they looked like they actually have something to show. And Glaive even addressed it in one of the the post or the pre-match interviews on stage. Is that he thought that they have like they were doing well in this event just based off individual ability and their tactical depth is missing still, uh. So I think that they impressed me here and I think they're just gonna get better, which is kind of kind of
3: sick. I'm very happy to see them, kind of get back in the swing of it. Blaymuth and Config's is just such a sick duo. Like that's just too sick. Like they're always gonna be at least decent. I feel like as long as they have those two, uh. Long term the team's kind of like a bit weird still. Uh, I don't see how it really pans out with like this kind of like uh, this kind of like mesh like roster uh, with like mm. Lucky and like picking up the op and stuff it feels like it kind of worked for like this event but you're like wow Lucky's doing so good but it's like long term it's like uh, eh. you know but Config and BlameF it's like the, the important things from this event I think are Astralis can come out looking pretty good so for in terms of like their future I think Config and BlameF look uh, pretty great
4: yeah, I'll say BlameF and Config both looked really solid, particularly Config, who was like runner up for MVP vote for, I would say, a lot of people. Obviously, Vitality hadn't, you know, superseded them uh, and gotten all the way to the final and broken Navi's nuke streak. Like a lot of people would have been talking about Config's return as like one of the number one storylines of the whole event, I think. And even still, he's probably still in that running, right? So you definitely have to throw some praise at him and at the just the complexity duo in general. My biggest concern with this roster was how well those new pieces would gel. And that seems to be fine, but you can obviously see that Lucky took a backseat. Now he's on rifles. Maybe he'll gel in that role as well. Maybe he'll surprise everybody and adapt to that, considering he couldn't really adapt his op game to the tier one of the world, which is one of the things that we saw going into this event. A big question mark around him is how soon are they going to replace him with somebody like Leg or whatever? But if Glaive is going to take the reins, I don't know how long term that works. It does seem a little suspect. For me, the biggest issue of Astralis at this event was 100% the crowd. So I don't know if we want to even talk about them for too long, but all I'm going to say is if I can walk up to any sort of testing agency inside Copenhagen and get a whole crowd to tell me, start cheering wildly every time I hover my pencil over the correct answer, then I think I'm going to go pretty well. I I'm was just, I'm just saying, I, my performance might be <laughs> skewed is all I'm saying. So I would say crowd played a big big part. Obviously they were the sixth man for Astralis and that's something that you can say happens at every event, but to the degree that it seemed to morph. The the engagements in a lot of these feels a little bit suspicious and is one reason why I think, you know, if Astralis then go to the next event and don't do nearly as well, I won't be that surprised alongside obviously the fact that it's no longer the honeymoon event and there's a lot of other issues.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I, uh, I agree that the crowd helped them out. I think that it's, you can't even really pose the argument that they couldn't hear them or anything like that because apex was literally, he knew what the crowd was basically doing in certain rounds. Like he He seriously directly responded to them uh, when they were trying to call out his flank before. And so uh, that's, you know, that's always going to help him out. Um, I think that it's, it's not like the crowd was, I'll say this, the crowd was not great in terms of their sportsmanship. I, I think that it's okay to boo people, and I think that mm-hmm. it's okay to uh, like show your passion. Like, there's there's just a line where that has to be drawn in terms of competitive integrity, which I think the crowd was knowingly trying to cross consistently, and that's something where it's tough to police that because there's so many people there, and like you can't throw everybody out. But like, there's gotta there's gotta be something because Counter Strike is a game of information, and it's always going to. Involve people needing to know, like wanting to know things that they don't, that are on their screen. And if the crowd is revealing that, (laughs) then it's just like, okay, it's not even like the same game, you know? Like there's a difference. the The fun difference between LAN and online is the game mechanics are a little better, and the uh, the pressure's on because the crowd's there and the the emotions are are high and intense. But it's not really fun to to hear about a game that could have been. Uh, a round could have been changed. The outcome of it changes because the crowd is doing stuff knowingly to sabotage one team and prop up another. Yeah, well, the- for
2: me, the the problem with the crowd was that I, I get cheering for the home team. That's that's like very normal, I think. And that's really not the problem. And I, I can understand that it was the two main issues were the fact that they're doing it outside of the game. Where they were booing like other teams. So, for example, in interviews, when some players went up, they were getting yeah. booed, which is I, don't know, that I makes still no like sense. that. Like
3: I still like I that. don't
2: I don't know. I don't think that's I think I booing them I while they're in a match or something understandable, but that's like there's a point where it crosses like a line of disrespect for me, and I think that. Like, that's I, a little I, bit too I, much.
3: I personally think that disrespect is fucking great. Like, I love that shit.
2: I, I, I like it if you're doing it to someone, like, if there's an actual narrative reason for it. Like, for example, with Apex sort of fighting back at the crowd, then obviously, yeah, yeah. they're going to boo him as, sure. like, a, like as a back and forth. And that's a cool dynamic. That's kind of fun. Or anytime doing it
4: gets booed, literally anytime, yeah, but totally they were, fine. Doing it,
2: <laughs> yeah. they were doing it unprompted Fair. and early on, which to me is just, like, not not as cool. Oh, yeah. Well, the famous Um, example
4: is that one with Shox being interviewed by Machine,
2: and then everybody starts booing at him after
4: he's like, You won the first major. It's like, What a weird thing to boo! Like, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and secondly, the the other part was when they were, uh, this happens with, I think, crowds at different arenas, obviously, but ESL, for example, will warn them and and throw out people if Mm -hmm. they notice. Problem here is that there are so many people that it's hard to really narrow it down. But for example, like there's a new crown that I remember where there was like a wall smoke down outside and there is a very small gap. I'm surprised none of the Astralis players could see it, but there is like three players crossing behind the smoke and people in the crowd started yelling out in Danish to shoot. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. At the players and, like stuff like that is just not cool. Like that's where you cross that's where you're crossing like competitive integrity lines and it's just that that is not okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll
0: I'll uh change I'll like change my stance from what I said on Twitter just a little bit. That I, it, it's not that I am okay with people being like with people cheating, but uh, but I will say the booing, like Mick said, is kind of fun because you there's a home there's a home crowd, and I think that it's okay to boo people that are against that. Like I think that happens in sporting events everywhere, it, and I kind of but I also want to like keep it in line with what you're saying that it's a it's kind of a narrative thing where it's like come on if it's kate if it's katie and like and everything that just happened like if hunden were on that that crowd i hope i hope people are like honestly just throwing cups of
3: beer at him or something like that <laughs> like oh. i would be like i'd be like yeah that's that's fine with me not you not that i'm like, full be- 90s wrestling with the entire crowd like tossing shit into the ring <laughs> <laughs> someone throws a chair no. yeah <laughs> not <even> that, yeah <laughs> yeah no i don't no obviously don't like
0: cause injury to people but um i'm not instigating violence but i'm also saying that uh there's some there's some reasons where it's cool and some where it's not and uh i think booing like so basically like for example when when vitality come on the stage and if it's against astralis if the crowd's like boo i think that's okay i think that's kind of okay but it's it, there's so, like a certain line of respect where it's like for an example like an interview or whatever it's kind of like yo like can we can we just hear the interview you know that's that's yeah. uh but that's just like that's a little nitpicky. Um, I'll say this. I'll tell you this to bring it back to the game a little bit uh, about Astralis. I watched Lucky's demos actually after after some of these because I wanted to see because I think the the general sentiment from how Lucky played at the event was like okay he did okay he did his job. I'd say he did pretty poorly given the resources that they gave him. Um, actually, he he was like really really baity. and on CT side too. Uh, I. I said this on another pod already, but, like, Lucky is not really, like, a good CT rifler. Like, he's, he's like, he makes some errors with just kind of, like, mechanics. Like, okay, I'll say... I'll, I'll point out a couple of specific ones. Um, On Overpass, for example, he wanted to, like, throw a nade into Monster, and he threw the nade, and before his gun was even out, he swung into the angle and just died immediately. And things like that is, is like, yo, like... Like what? Why are you? Why are you swinging before your gun is out? Kind of thing, you know. And he just got shot in the face because they're in the tunnel, and he swung into the tunnel. And then on nuke, every time heroic exec on him on a, he died without getting a single kill. And you know, like I'm, I think I'm one of the first people that was like, yo, this Kyojin guy on nuke is really like a problem. Like he's really bad. I'm gonna say like Lucky is really also like he's not any better. He's definitely not any better than than Kyojin is. Kyojin actually to me the way he defended execs at this event looked better than than uh, lucky did. So, I think I'll when you look closely,
3: you'll you'll uh, you'll see there's some flaws. With lucky, it's just kind of like they put him like he's kind of doing like the same shit like almost like the same player he was opping, but just like in like a less important role. And so yeah. like people think he's like he like looks a lot better now. That type it, of thing. I don't know. So that's kind of what it feels like to me like I don't like you can, like long-term Astralis isn't going to be able to like be top three with, like, lucky rifling. No. Like, that's yeah. not... Like, either he's gonna have to, like, come back to be an opera and either be comfortable with it this time, or he's just gonna have to find something else. But also, because I didn't get to really say much about the crowd, I will say, I wanted to ask, like, how much, like, crowd control did Blast, like, try to do? Uh No, if you were there and if you noticed. Did hey, answer? Like, how much crowd control did, like, they try to do in terms of, like, telling people not to do that, like, before matches or maps and stuff, like... Um, I was mostly
2: either in the press room or in like the press box area, but I didn't see too much like i I don't know how much crowd control they did because I didn't actually like was the press room behind the there?
0: stage like it usually is yes. like yeah, yeah, okay. So you just couldn't yeah. see anything basically. Yeah, I would
4: be exactly, kind of surprised yeah. if they did any crowd control because they obviously Blast themselves are also based in Denmark, right? So So yeah. so Well, it's not so much the that one so one point
2: one of the only things that I I know that they did for sure is that after the first stage match, um I think the first Astralis stage match, but it, it could be a different. Um essentially there is that uh there's like the fan area on the inside of the stage, like that triangle that was there. The super fan area, um, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and they just that area added looks in... Sick to
1: be. Not that
2: it was really sick. Yeah, it was a it was a good setup. Um, but they added basically just uh, the I don't know what they're called, but like the little tape barriers, basically, uh, to stop people from going up directly to the front of the stage yeah. from where the but seats like,
3: were. So what I was gonna but say no, is that, like... no, like volume control, as far yeah. as I know. I, it doesn't necessarily be like volume controls, but like I'm just saying, like before matches, putting like before each map, putting reminders to the crowd, like not to. Give off information or stuff. I think could be helpful because I don't even think most of the time, like a lot of the time, I don't think it's malicious. Like the crowd, like you could say it is to a point, but also to a point, it's like you're cheering for your team and you see them like crossing, like you're kind of just naturally going shoot, shoot. Like even if like you're at home, you know, like it's you're kind of just like you're not really noticing. You're just like willing on what you want to happen because yeah. it's like you know you can get a kill. So it's like I don't think it's even malicious, but like if you're not even like reminding people about that, like see so much information That's... game and things like that, I think it'll just happen a lot more. I don't I think, think
2: any anyone outside of the talent did like like whatever was on broadcast in terms of what was said is uh, is all that was said. I think.
3: Yeah. I think literally just like before each map, like a twenty second scene with like a PA or something or like you know on, on like the screen, like a reminder to the crowd not to yeah. like give off like important info or something. I think would would help a lot. But um, I think that's a good idea. It's a really good idea. They, I, they I wonder
4: how much it would have changed things because there i I feel like there couldn't have been any control in that sense because of how frequent the disruptions were. Obviously, yeah. there's the famous clip of Kerrigan trying to hunt down. I think it's Zipix who's hiding behind. It's not
3: gonna be Box perfect. Secret. like time with a yeah. crowd, like right? Like any anytime like someone's like coming up yeah. behind someone, like, that's like a rainbow removable. Like, people are oh, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, even oh, in the like, yeah, I think it was even in the final
4: on Mirage, uh, electronic uh, hiding underneath dark, uh, on A. and Oh, yeah, only gets yeah, one kill despite everybody being there because the crowd's like, Oh, and he's like, Wait, I, this isn't an online event, I can't do this anymore, and just gets banged <laughs> out immediately. Like, that's yeah. uh, that's unfortunate for him, but that's the kind of stuff that you have to act on way faster because of the fact yeah. that there is that like
3: crowd noise. Disruption. You can't have, you can't have like the best of both worlds at all. Yeah, yeah yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say that it's it's uh it's okay for like the big reactions and stuff like that but i think there was i think it was a little bit more i'll, yeah. I'll go against that mix i think it was a little bit malicious like they were definitely trying no, I'm, to saying, to I'm saying i'm saying i'm saying like stuff.
3: some of them definitely are malicious yes. but like yeah. I think a lot of people in the crowd aren't like being malicious about it when they're like when they're like yeah being, i think i think a lot of them are just like just like instinctively
0: yeah like, whatever
3: th- it's probably
0: like the case of, you know, a couple rotten apples and then everybody just kind of joins in on some of those uh reactions and chants and things like that. Yeah. And that's yeah. So it's kind of like groupthink, kind of like um, Reddit, kind of like Reddit. Yeah. Like Reddit. Yeah. Um, yeah. For events, I just think the title like, of this a simple thing to implement like to would just
3: literally be like a 15 second reminder before each map. It's sure. just like, yeah, just mm-hmm. like plays on the screen, like reminder, don't. Do whatever, like yada, yada, yada. And then,
4: yeah, I mean, they also on. had the stage host, Arakon, or whatever his name is. Like, uh, I don't actually know his name, but th-
3: there's it's some
4: name yeah, that's vaguely or similar to that. I he's been in some of the blast events before in that per- very arena, I believe, way back in like maybe 2018.
0: So, he did like a Portugal one and he like
4: guess, killed yeah, it in exactly. Lisbon, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's, I, I mean, I wish I did know his name because I'm, I'm not just throwing shade at the guy, I just don't know, his, yeah, yeah. His yeah. some unpronounceable stuff, but Archon
2: or something, yeah. Uh, Archaron, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, whatever it is, Greek god type looking motherfucker. He's, he's obviously got his attitude and he seemed to be doing his, his stuff. Like you could hear him hype in the crowd up even during the analyst segments. And uh, I mean, there was even one bizarre thing. I, that's actually something maybe we could talk about when we get to the production is like how that worked out because I have some interesting thoughts that I think most people have been very um, receptive to the show that blast put on. I've got some little, L- little, little things, little things that I'd like to talk about, but the, uh, like he definitely could have been issuing warnings to mix his point, right? He could have been the one who was like, Hey guys, you're getting a little too rowdy. Maybe even spoken in their native tongue, uh, if necessary. Cause a lot of those people are from like native to Denmark. So that could have been done. Um, it definitely feels like it was, they did less than they really ought to have considering the sheer number of times that happened and also times that it made like top of Reddit or, you know, was mm-hmm. tweeted out and signal boosted by pe- members of the community that weren't at the tournament. And then even yeah. getting to the point where the, co- the commentators and analysts have to say something like you've all, something has had to have gone broken down at, at some point in this event, if that's really what happened, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, I'll, 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 uh, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything to say negative in that sense about
4: the crowd? I'm, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll say this though on the positive side. Like the blast put together a sick, sick program. Like those, dude. The lights and the sounds that they use to entry teams and like that little the stage raising yep, so that yep. they all like they're just there with their arms crossed and stuff like that. That's dude. That looked awesome. Like I really wish I were there to see that. And then one. I and then I go back and watch pgl major <laughs> i don't even know i dude, there was so non-memorable i couldn't even tell you what happened on the player intros at pgl like do you do you, no,
1: you just hear you just hear, I remember there Navi. was no crowd noise
3: yeah there was, like, there was no crowd noise yeah i'm pretty sure there was like barely music like it was, it was yeah real. oh man yeah dude, it was
2: incredible being in the arena during like, both the opening ceremony and the walk-ins. Yeah. Because it the, the way they designed it gave enough time for, like, each team to have, like, a build-up to it as well. Yes. So, like, the rise and then the actual, like, moment they're on stage under lights before the the um, background locks in and they can walk off. It's It's so well done. It just sucks that there wasn't, like... there wasn't as much of a a cheer for all the other teams outside Astralis uh, as it happened. It's not that it didn't happen at all, but, like, for example, for Astralis, it's because before the teams come on, like, the entire arena goes blackout, right? Like, there's not a single light on anywhere, and the second that that happened for Astralis, like, before there's anything else on, the second the stage blacks out, a roar just starts erupting, and then (laughs) as the lights come on, like, it just builds and builds for the next 20 seconds. It's amazing, but...
3: Yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience being there. Shit on the crowd as much as you want. All I'm saying is that if you're like a CS fan, like going to an event in Denmark with Astralis there, it's definitely should be on your bucket list because yes. it's an atmosphere unlike any other team in, in CS and like mm. unlike any other place. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I really enjoy the
4: walk ins. My one complaint about them is that it felt like. A very uh, repetitive after a certain amount of time where you're hearing the same music and seeing the same sort of light show. I know yeah. that's built into the theme and like the whole show is that they have the lights go off at certain times in, in sync with the music. What would have been really like an easy way that I could see to build on the system that they have, and maybe they'll do this the next time that they go do an event of a similar stature is if you had personalized walk-in music selected by the team, and even, you know, something PGL did at the major that I thought was really cool is that they gave each player an individual walkout in the grand final. So they had 10, you know, individual walkouts, which ended up taking a while. They probably could have spaced it out differently, so it didn't take that long, but it still was a, a nice little show of like, listen, you made it to the major final. Like, you guys are legit players. Let's do a one-by-one walkout. And then obviously when Simple comes out is when they give the best crowd noise uh, reaction. So there's a lot of that. It, you could have done something to that degree. I guess it wouldn't have synced up with their lifting the whole team synchronously at the same time, but mm-hmm. there could have been. I just feel like there could have been something more to set each individual walkout apart from the like from the, the other ones, especially for the final. I was almost expecting them to have something like a you know uh, I don't know some sort of Keep song fireworks, yeah, yeah, some something something different. The other yeah. thing that uh, is sim- in a similar vein, repetitive, sort of grew a little bit too repetitive for me. Was the the drone thing that they have in the opening like their opening ceremony was the same for each hype match. I think it was where the drone like smacks into the screen and then restarts. And that's like, I mean, interesting, really interesting for the first run, but it takes so long, you know? Still, overall, I think the whole thing was really good, but I would have, yeah, l- I would I have think- definitely liked to see more customization or more. Like I-, I was expecting there to be like a different one for each stage almost. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: That
2: would have been kind of sick. Yeah. True because so. they mm. did run it I think like twice per day basically yeah like, once yeah. at the start and then once before the last match of the day or whatever
0: yeah the first and second match right first and third first, match usually. first and last oh yeah. first and third match okay that's okay all right um okay all right let's let's bring it back then I think that's that's probably that's probably good I think that's a that's a fair coverage of of the event itself uh I mean unless unless note you have any other kind of like little little details that you caught when you were in the arena
2: um not really i think it was just really well well designed and well put on by blast i really enjoyed like being there in person was like highly recommend if you can nice nice hopefully so i
0: know that blast for the world finals are considering their options for where uh where they where they host it so i mean that's going to be something to look forward to i would love if it's some kind of like really counter-strike uh heavy area that probably isn't denmark if they have to run it in in denmark again you know that's fine but uh it'd be cool if they could reach out or you know make it somewhere else like cologne-ish setting or like i don't know
3: it's like just a, in two weeks so i hope they got something too, in mind
0: I, I, yeah i don't know
2: not, i don't know i'm as far as i know it's not going to be behind uh it's not going to be with the crowd with wow. the way covet is going up Damn. Damn. Well, are you talking about really winter rough. or are you talking about Cologne? Well, uh, well World they're tournament. both they're both not going to be oh. with a crowd, right? Just because COVID cases are going up, I'm pretty sure. I don't think
4: winter was ever supposed to be a it land wasn't. with a with It an wasn't, event, yeah. and I
2: highly doubt that at this point, two weeks out, no tickets being announced, yeah, no location, right. yeah. and COVID going up, that Blast is also going to hold theirs on land, like, or with a crowd at least. It's like just going to be seems studio very again? Unlikely.
3: Dang. Yeah,
2: probably. That, is, that
4: is a big letdown after this one. I mean, I don't
2: it's know. A, it's a shitty way to end the year for sure, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm, okay. That's kind of sobering. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get I, yeah. back, let's get, yeah, let's get back into some of the team talk then. Um, uh, one team I think that was, well, they were a huge surprise for me to make the finals was Vitality. Sure. Uh, that was, uh, because for anybody that's not keeping up in the scene, I don't, know, I don't know who that could be, but, uh, if you're, if you aren't like they, it's already been mm. heavily rumored and ind- indicated that Majisk and Dupree are going to be joining the team instead of for Kyogen and Shocks. They're also gonna be replacing their coach. Uh they're gonna be getting Zonic, who is of course the Astralis coach. And yet and yet they still did very well. And they even had a very competitive uh series I would say I would say like competitive series in the sense that they took a map that nobody thought they should take off of Navi. Uh so what do you guys yeah, what do you guys make of Vitality right now? Like did you guys expect them to do uh this well at the event?
4: No. Not even close. I expected Vitality to sort of be one of those teams that they were... I mean, the the roster is competitive with everybody that's not named Navi, pretty much. And I was really interested in seeing how the new look Astralis looked. Obviously, I didn't didn't rate Liquid at all, and I figured they would just crash and burn. They were another team that surprised, despite the fact that they're a dead team walking. We'll get Mm -hmm. to them eventually, I'm sure. But the Vitality roster... To deliver to this point and to get grand finals, I wouldn't have pegged them for grand finals for sure. I definitely wouldn't have pegged them to break Navi's nuke streak. And I certainly wouldn't have expected Navi's nuke streak would end in that sort of like, I would say deflating fashion. I know it's a grand finals and I know it made a series, a three mapper that everybody thought it was just going to be a 2-0 in favor of Navi. But I honestly felt kind of disappointed in the the Navi nuke loss in the first place. I was hoping that it would be this nail biter, you know, 16, 14 or overtime loss. Like it would have been for the obvious corollary is if Nico hits the deagle shot and they go to a third map after G2 breaks the streak at the major, that would have been the moment where, okay, the narrative has built up and it feels almost deserved. Whereas this one, it felt like Navi just capitulated and was like, yeah, who cares about that streak or whatever? They didn't abandon their own game plan nearly fast enough and start to maybe Pull out those tricks that Blade was talking about, or they did, and it was just, you know, it, it just wasn't anything special, and Vitality somehow handled it anyway. Either way, Vitality were on one. You can't fault them for, uh, you know, a lackluster performance from Navi in that particular map, and Especially after losing the Navi so convincingly earlier in the event to come back, and that, that was very impressive. So yeah. I was I was pretty impressed, and yeah. it's a really nice send off for that roster, considering it's the last time they're going to play they, together, probably.
0: They, well, they've got they've got two more events for this year because the the contracts for Dupree and Majisk are end, oh. they end December thirty first. Yes. So so we're going to see more of this vitality, and that's that makes me super hopeful for the other two events that they might they might even cause some more upsets because they know they have to play with it for a little bit longer.
2: Okay. That's why they've still been practicing too. So, like, they could actually make a mark. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody at
4: the event was saying that they, uh, this is the last time, but I guess they were meaning in the context of, uh, it last might be the last time, time In for the, a an, ar- an arena or something. Yeah. Else. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Let's talk about Vitality. I was going to say that, like, it kind of makes sense when you look at their run where, like, they beat Liquid and then beat Astralis twice after kind of getting shit on by Na'Vi. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder what would have happened if, like, Vitality had to play, like, Heroic, mm-hmm. maybe, for example. I would have that. Yeah. I feel like I'm not sure how like the Astralis heroic matchup was influenced by like, like I don't know I don't know like what the heroics players like mental states going into that were because <laughs> it, it's, it's gotta kind of suck to play Astralis like in your country and everyone yeah. you're literally getting booed by by <laughs> your, your home, home populace
4: yeah. And was after a very competitive series against Liquid where they almost dropped it yeah. there, too,
3: right? So, like,
4: they've had to shake off a three-map series and go straight in, which, to Vitality's credit, they did and yeah. still defeated Navi on Nuke, but still, that's, yeah. like, a, that's a tough a tough call for Heroic, specifically.
3: Yeah. Um, just looking at it, I don't know, it kind of makes sense for Vitality. Obviously, played pretty well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just what dead teams can do, right? It's yes. Just especially, I think, I think Vitality seemed to have, like, a... It's different for Vitality and Liquid, right? Because... Liquid Split is very much comprised of like different players just you know clashing and like you know obviously just not getting along with each other and just it's kind of like falling apart from the players whereas Vitality was like more of like you know the orgs decision like the orgs deciding okay we're going to do this we're going to bring these guys in so it's a lot it's kind of easier for Vitality in that way to be like alright guys let's just you know it's the last lineup let's go out do whatever uh, probably benefits them a bit more than it benefited Liquid so yeah. OK, I want to I want to talk about the the Navi
0: loss to Vitality on Nuke, actually, because um, I, I have a theory on this. And and mix, you're going to like this of, of everybody, because it's because I it's because I read Bill Walsh's uh, book uh, that you recommended that oh, yeah. that <laughs> I came up with this idea where basically and for people that don't know, Bill Walsh was like the, the head coach of the 49ers in like the 80s. He won like three Super Bowls with them. Yeah, they definitely went from at Joe Montana. Yeah, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, and they, they were, like, one of, from one of the worst teams in the league to dynasty level. So it was, like, based off of him being the coach. And so one of the things that he talked about in his book is that when you play American football, it's, like, you know, play after play after play. Something that Bill Walsh came up with, and I'm proposing—I I, I know I'm, like, the first person that's proposing this, but you know those papers that Navi are getting every game? Like, they're they're literally coming up to the stage with a piece of paper— I think that Navi is scripting their their t sides. I think they're actually. I think that Blade yeah. is actually coming up with round by round what we're gonna do.
3: Uh, regardless, I think, yeah. I think most likely he probably has scripted like up to at least the first gun round because I do that as well. Sometimes I'd script like the second gun round as well. I would, Yeah. Yeah. But past that, I doubt he's doing it past that because past that, you're not really sure how the game is panning out, so you can't right. really you can't really script it. But I think up to like the second gun round. You can like script your rounds and like what you're gonna do
0: yeah so i i'm 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 putting it out there that i think and i i think this is the reason that bit is looking like the eat like the most comfortable best rookie ever because i think that the way navi is practicing is with the script in mind that blade is coming up with so that it's never because when you watch bits pov like when you when you like he's like never doing things that just seem like, oh, he has to, like, think on his feet or make too many decisions, or it's just, like, it just seems kind of, like, clear-cut what he's supposed to do, and then he just kind of does it. It never, he's never out of his element. He's always just going for these, like, like, sometimes aggressive plays, admittedly, but, like, ones that seem like they're contained within the system, and even though Navi is doing something else on the map, um, it seems like, like, the thing is uh like bits doing something else like i I don't know they can do two things at once on t sides and no other team can really do that uh as well as they do and that's that's a personnel issue or that's like a personnel like that's a benefit of having their personnel because everybody's so good but i think the reason that they are so good is because blade is putting out there exactly what's supposed to happen on both sides of the map at the same time so i i I will say that the reason that they lost to Vitality, because in Simple's MVP interview, he said, like, our game plan wasn't good. You watch it back, and the first 10 rounds are, like, all outside attempts. Like, they all, they keep trying to fight zaiwu and Apex, and it's just like, you, like th- that was just a bad game plan, because why would you not go to Kyojin? Um, and so, Kyojin, in that game, by the way, took one opening duel, and it was against, boom, it was like... They tried on an eco round to go towards A, you know? So it's like that just felt like a faulty game plan because you would want to abuse Kyojin if anything. And and Navi for some reason, ten rounds straight, didn't really want to do that.
3: Just... I'd have to go back and look at it, like in terms of yeah. like directly what you said. But like it's that'd be weird if like Navi like fell into that trap. Maybe they were just, you know, got a little too too caught up in like something they wanted to do. Cause like even then you could at least like just like threaten him, you know, Kyojin, like Just pressure him a little bit, make make like Zaiwu like a bit scared of that, so you can like draw Zaiwu away. Like, but yeah, if they were like just going directly outside and just (laughs) that feels weird. I'd have to go back and watch it to see exactly, but yeah.
4: Yeah, I just imagine that uh, the next event, we get a detailed zoom in onto these pieces of paper that <laughs> my snake's talking about. It's just lorem ipsum and like 10 paragraphs of nonsense. <laughs> line hey, hey, hey. That they can't read. Just, just, nothing. All just show, nothing. All for show. All for show. I think it's an interesting theory just because it does fit with um, like, it, that's something that I would Logically, if somebody told me Blade did that in a past team or is doing that or whatever, I'd be like, oh, yeah, totally makes sense. Fits in with his sort of coaching style, at least the older one where he had the idea of a perfect counter strike. And uh, obviously that's something that even simple has praised in the past. Like he thinks that it's a really cool idea and he wants to try to implement it. Um, My problem is that like this isn't even an example of where the game plan like goes wrong because vitality are doing dead team things and playing individually in ways that you wouldn't expect them to. Like, I think there's a, a kernel of truth into that sort of estimation, but the problem is that they were like, like even if you expected, like if you were anti-stratting vitality, you would do what you just said. Now like, you would say like, all right, let's try to abuse Kyojin because he's just not, you know, he's not up to snuff. He's obviously going to just capitulate if we can do that. Instead, Navi go for the outside takes and get shut down a lot. and, okay, maybe they're not used to that, but like, I I guess, you know, to some extent I can see where that that would come apart, but like surely you would have contingencies built in. You would like write in like, okay, if this doesn't work, we can try to go towards ramp or we can try to go towards upper or we can send a heavier presence outside and maybe try to do that. It it felt like all the stuff that they did just didn't, like not only did it not work, but they didn't ever try to adapt, which points to in your, your favor about the whole scripting thing. But, you know, surely you also script in exit strategies, right? Like,
0: yeah, so so I think that it just it's probably like a combination of things. But what I have to assume with Blades' idea for wanting to go outside is like you you can't really just hammer Kyojin over and over again because what Vitality is going to do is uh, Apex is going to just play a little closer towards Mini. Shox will play more in the site to help out Kyojin, and and the thing is that Kyojin and and Shox actually ran uh, a handful of of good setups actually throughout this event uh, in some of their other other games. Uh, I think against Astralis actually they, they ran like some some pretty good setups and, and they actually yeah, yeah, they beat Astralis on noob, Vitality. And I remember like Kyogen and Shocks had like some nice like little like one twos that and like aggressive ways to play, like some some more intuitive and like thoughtful uh little setups that I like that, you probably want to draw him away. Like you know, it's like it's like conditioning, right? If you if you can show that you can take outside away from vitality, then it strengthens your next A hit because they're gonna think that well, our our outsides weak. So, but it's just that plan A never worked for Navi, and so they couldn't go to what was supposed to be their ace in the hole, which was like okay, draw shocks away from Kyojin and then hit Kyojin over and over and over again because they that threat was never it was never there because they they never unlocked outside too.
2: Sure, yeah. yeah. it's it's also also not just that they thought that or they had the wrong game plan. Simple just said he thinks the game plan was wrong, like straight up that they had the wrong approach to the game as it is. So like to me that makes a lot of sense because like he was he Simple even was going and taking those duels versus Ziwoo outside and it just yeah. wasn't working. So like mm-hmm. if he's the one saying that he disagrees, but he's still doing it, that tells me it wasn't really his decision. I- yeah,
0: I, I mean, it's it's always like going to be 2020 hindsight, but now the game plan should probably be like go inside first, make sure Shox has to play with Kyojin, make sure Apex also thinks he has to help out A, and then try to go like unlock outside from A as opposed to vice versa. So, I mean, that's a, uh, that's something where it would be, it'd be really cool to actually know what's on those pieces of paper. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, it, someone needs to get one, because Like I think it's gonna tell so much. And I almost feel like once people know once people know this, I think other teams are gonna have a good idea at how to anti-strat Navi because like like in Bill Walsh's book, basically, like like he basically would plan these rounds, like plan these plays, and then but he knew that okay, if if someone starts to anti-strap me. I have like an anti-strat to the anti-strat. Oh, like he okay. would have at least another layer yeah. of it. And I don't know if I don't think Navi is there because if they were there, they wouldn't have lost uh, eleven rounds on their T-side of nuke.
3: Yeah. Also, think... calm, calm down there, <laughs> needs to Get a hold of those papers.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, I, remember a, I remember at
3: remember at EPL finals in twenty eighteen in Denmark, I was like just going to like the player area and I saw like the Astralis like the astral's table like empty and Zonic had like left like his his notebook there. I was like I could just take that right now. <laughs> oh, no one no. ever
0: knows.
3: like <laughs> all the secrets. But but but
0: it'd be in Danish, so you'd have to get someone. Yeah, else. would have, have to learn, learn Danish.
4: Is this like the foreign Swedish translator, where he's like, translate these fanatic comms? They must be speaking some insane amount of. Co-. No, they're just saying I one one long. I'm a, one one long. I'm that's gonna that's... go a hey, yeah <laughs> fanatic
0: old, old fanatic comms are like the most, biggest letdown. They're yeah. like. Hey, I'm gonna go vent and fuck this guy up, and then the yeah. other guy's I, like, "Okay, I'll, I'll come it with thinking, you."
3: <laughs> I open, I think I'm like unlocking like Strals, like legendary anti-strats, and then. It'll literally just be like where like each player plays on the other team. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's literally how my analyst notes look for when I prep for events. Just (laughs) write down
0: everyone's spots and stuff. I I have a
4: point to make about Navi on as far as the leadership role and and tactics stuff. Like this is one of the question marks over Boomich for me is that he doesn't really seem to be like a primary IGL in the same sense that other teams have a core IGL, right? he actually, this is a rare example of a counter-strike team that obviously they're number one in the world right now. They don't seem to be challenged very frequently. Um, to me, this is like a weird example where the coach is still the IGL, and these pieces of paper are essentially extensions of his IGLing. I'm kind of surprised that no event has pushed back or Valve themselves haven't said, "Actually, you can't bring this paper out because this rips the whole the game and gives you all know the know calling." If I agree
2: with that. I think Boomich has actually done a pretty solid job of IGLing. Yeah, but like, how do we Blade know what
4: is responsible? What he's responsible for? That's you what can't I'm plan
2: every mid round adoption. Though.
4: No, no, no. The mid rounds on T side have like looked pretty solid. The right?
2: yeah, a lot yeah. of their mid rounds have looked. Very good. So I don't think that
3: it's really I think fair. Luman still that it's all has to be scripted. able to call himself, but I, I do think he's been given like a how-to IGL guy yeah. by, Yes, by Blade. yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I it's also don't even think it's just that.
4: I don't even think but it's just like that. There's like a potential Blade. for Blade to have also programmed in mid-rounds that could no, have worked. I was just about to say, maybe yeah, yeah, Blade,
2: Blade goes, uh, walks Correct. over to simple's left, uh, you're ending A, <laughs> <laughs> walks over to simple's right, you're ending B. <laughs> Tap on the left shoulder is Strata, you know?
4: No, Boomich is just looking down at the notepad like, okay, uh, there's one squeaky and we're down 4v5. That means I go to section A, page 4 Five
1: or whatever <laughs> yeah, the flow charts yeah <laughs> yeah, the yeah.
0: Charts. I, that's something i mean that's something where real coaches and obviously chess players and stuff like really have those you know yeah, they i yeah. mean chess players it's all
3: about memorizing the whole flow chart, so yeah there's like it, certain i'd probably say it's less like it's less like if like you're in a 4v5 like do this exact specific thing but i'm sure we're giving a guy like you know for we're in a 4v5 this is like the general like idea of what we should be doing like
1: that makes I, sense.
0: so so what would be, get me really excited is uh is a team like uh vp or furia just like like an art or yakinder just flying at at navi in some way that they might not expect or using a timing or something like that like trying to get them off kilter as much as humanly possible would be uh, a lot of fun because i that's the because i feel like i'll say that i think some of the like boomages i IGLing and mid-rounding here at the fall finals was was pretty good and the thing is that I don't really know if any of these teams in terms of their style are so unique and different that it's like you couldn't have game planned really well around it and and like I guess to an extent to counter myself like sure you can count you can you can know that art or your kinder is going to run at you but like taking the like losing the first duel and then having a backup plan is is pretty hard. Whereas like Navi is such a good five v four team, but like you know every every team is is not like it's tough to do four v fives, you know Navi included. Yep.
3: I was gonna say also what someone uh, said in, in the chat about like um, Navi like taking ten days after each event to like go over everything again. Someone I said think that. is dude. He's, well, he's, I, he's I a member
4: of broadcast, bro. You can call him up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm actually Wait, scared but, to say his name because I don't know how to it's say. It's just it Yumi. Like, it's Yumi. Okay. Oh, it's Yumi, one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things <laughs> where I'm like scared to say because I feel like it has to be something different. Yeah, I know. Me. But what Yumi said like obviously he has to take seven to ten days where you can reset, and that's kind of like similar to like yeah. what I would much prefer if I'm like coaching a team so that like, you can go through like especially when you actually have like a structure and a system that makes sense. So you can go through and you be like, okay, I need to add something to like this timing because obviously it's going to be too obvious when teams watch the demos back or like i need to add like a different variation of like something we do based on like our a default names or just shit like that like adding like all these like different like little paths that you can use to like mess with the other team you know like go through their watch your demos before the next event and then all of a sudden you're just changing up these like little timings on them and like little numbers and stuff like i think it's really good like getting like that practice being able to like actually do it i think is a big part of like what helps keep navi on top and like fresh for each event.
0: Yeah, what would you guys what would you guys chalk it up to the the boomich not picking nuke against heroic?
4: I think it's a smart move because you know it's like a mind game within a mind game because everybody would expect the default mind game is our nuke streak is so good we're so good on nuke we're gonna pick nuke and then like Katie and obviously like had that reaction where he was like are you, are you throwing or trolling or whatever he said people can't make <laughs> up their mind about what he actually said but. I just imagine that being like the 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 light leaving his eyes as all of that nuke prep falls out the window. Yeah, it's completely it's, useless. it's quite literally. Adrian
2: did say on Twitter he was joking. Yeah. To be fair, like they very well could have just prepped for both.
4: Yeah, yeah, maybe, but no, I just so feel like it's unlikely that they yeah, don't. I would
3: Yeah, I would have thought they would have like hardcore prep for nuke though. Yeah. No, I feel listen, like they would have. Be sure. All I'm sure they had prep for overpass still, but Kadian definitely went hard on like nuke prep to, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sure, especially, like, with himself. I'm Maybe they had, like, an analyst or something, like, doing overpass notes or something. But, like, Cadian definitely was, like, fully expecting nuke and was, like, fully ready for nuke. And then when you just hear, like, ban nuke and you're yeah. playing overpass, like, when you are so sure yeah. about a veto and then, like, they just do something unexpected, it's like, He's you're like, like wait, what? wait, what? What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's literally like you're now playing, like, a completely different team than what you prepared for. Like, mm-hmm. it throws so, you off so much.
2: So in that same interview with Blade, I asked him about that pick, like, about picking overpass over nuke for the decider and he literally just said that a it's what people would expect like people would expect you to us to pick nuke so we didn't want to like pick and and that it was also one of heroic's best maps so it didn't make sense to pick into it uh but b they'd also created new strategies or something on it and they if they'd picked it they would have had to show those strategies Mm. to be able to beat heroic and so he didn't want to show those strategies yet now, if those were the same strategies they used in the Vitality match, <laughs> uh, maybe they should have showed them, but who knows? Would, I, I mean, if
0: they... Okay, like, I kind of saw a handful of the strats. Like, it was a mix of, like, basically starting by trying to get outside control, and then, like, having some contingency in the form of lobby presence and stuff sometimes. And it's just, like, I think that would have worked better against Heroic than Vitality, yeah. because
3: you're not fighting Zaiwoo outside.
0: like that. Yeah. So I didn't really notice, yeah. but
3: look, he like, also, I was just going over low key. Navi literally smashed every team on overpass at the major, so yeah, that's a too surprising. Yeah, yeah, 16, 4, 16, 9, 16, 8. That's in, in fact, they should have uh,
0: could they have played it against Vitality? Wait, how'd that veto go? Did they? Uh, Vitality
3: it? I don't remember. Maybe yeah, instead of so. picking Nuke
4: against Vitality, they should have picked Vertigo. <laughs> just saying,
3: perhaps, they want to be a
4: seven map team. That's something they claimed. So get on
0: it, yep. get on
4: it, Blade. Write that that, shit down. that would
0: be the that would just be the ultimate upgrade like if you could do that i i almost feel like in a way though i don't know if you guys what you guys think about this but having a seven map pool is kind of like low-key a gimmick and trying to increase variance sometimes it's just like saying your six are not up completely up to snuff and it's kind of like some sometimes i think teams will use it like old kerrigan teams will use the seven map pool just because like Uh, They might have a couple weak spots on their map pool, and if you kind of know you have two bad maps, like, you might want to just make it a seven map pool and just kind of pretend you can do that, like, that you can do the seven map pool I'd say, like,
3: I generally prefer, like, like, seven map pool, like, most teams can't actually do, like, because a lot of times there's just a map, your team just, like, naturally just doesn't click on, it happens, Mm -hmm. but it's like... It's still good to at least be able, like, to have, like, something on it and be able to, like, play it and, like, scrim it every now and then. Just so that, like, whenever you play another team that has, like, that perma ban, like, the same perma ban as you are, if, like, they're just, like, dog shit on the map, you don't have yeah. to, like, ban it. it. Just gives you, like, such a big veto advantage. Because it's, like, you could, like, risk it even if you don't play it, but then, like, you're less likely to do it and, like, feel comfortable with it because you're like, well, we literally don't have anything. So it's, like, if they pick it, we could just be kind of fucked. So if you at least have, like, a default or something, like... Just like the bare minimum, right? And like a couple and pl- strats
0: for each side, yeah. kind of. thing. Yeah, call like, yeah. A,
3: call like a seven map pool, but I generally prefer to have like one map that I'm just banning out most of the time. I just think it makes the most sense.
4: Well, it makes the most sense if you can't be like can't reach a base level of competence against other tier one teams. What I, I find really interesting about the veto, the potentiality is they don't ban Vertigo and they sort of like gamble float it. And then if another team picks it into them, they just maybe unlock a two-zero instantly because they have their own map pick. And if they've prepped on Vertigo, they can smash them on that too. So like, if you can see where that's going, it's not even just that they would pick if- it. It's, it's yeah. that if the other team wastes, quote unquote, a map pick on Vertigo thinking we're a good Vertigo team, they've never played Vertigo, let's do it. Like not realizing that maybe that is the trap and they have floated Vertigo for a reason. Like that could be where like you could see a serious, crazy matchup. And that's exactly what Astralis did against Liquid back in the uh, 2019 major, I forget, uh, Ladder major, right? So that was in the quarterfinals. I saves that for like,
3: for like a major yes. final. Yeah, please, knows, dude. dude. If they, Bro, if I, they imagine, could... I, I couldn't handle that view though. Like, if yeah. not, if I yeah. mean, don't I ban Vertigo,
4: still. and you're like on the other end t- going, "What? We ban Vertigo? Like, Quick, uh... keep it banned. <laughs> don't let them pick it." <laughs>
3: <laughs> you probably, you probably be really, like, you'd probably be really sketched out. I think there's a good chance a lot of teams wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't pick it still. Sure. Unless yeah. they just like, unless you just ban whatever they were gonna pick, but. I mean, that's even a, if the other terrifying. team
2: doesn't pick it, like you're giving yourself an advantage regardless. Yes, because right? you get like, a different even if it's band. Not picked, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, Simple was talking about it in like the, the media day or like pre interview roundtable thing where he was, he said that like he would love to have a seven map pool, but you have to be so stable on the other six first to even think about introducing a Perma ban But he said that they could do it. Well, he so. himself
4: is very stable on all of those other maps. So yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, literally top rated player yeah. on all of so. them. I, so I just stable. need him to be yeah. top rated on Vertigo too. That's all I need.
0: Can we
3: do that? I know, that would be the most that would be awesome. I uh, keep okay. my teams from playing Vertigo to keep their happiness levels up uh that's a good idea
0: i don't think most people dislike playing it that much but it's about going over it is so tedious honestly
2: watching it is also pretty miserable so on that note this event didn't have a single ancient or vertigo nope none of them them. thank god a single map was ancient or vertigo i think
0: i replied to sponge's tweet something like that and i was like nope dude not a single person unhappy like (laughs) i i didn't see i didn't see any comments or any any death segments where they're like well Yeah, I don't think I didn't. Well, I didn't. Okay, I think I caught a lot of the dust segments, and I didn't hear anybody saying like, "Oh, we still don't have ancient." It's like, nope, no one's upset about no. Oh, we don't still have vertigo. No, we're we're cool with this, guys. We're cool with it. I mean, you know, I I think it's a toss up for a lot of people whether what map they like the least. But I think that Dust Two, Ancient, and uh, Vertigo are probably the big three right now.
1: Yeah, I think so. I
4: may have voiced this very controversial opinion in the last episode of its server time, but I'll re-up it here. Do you guys still think Inferno is a good map in this meta? Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Even after yeah. all the CT yeah. saves, even I,
4: after all the CT utility being thrown around, you,
2: you say that. You say that, but the number of saves in the arena were few and far between. Surprisingly, like that I is true. Like but apparently, we're going head, right back I to online events. So. I, I guess yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing like a total of four save rounds through the whole stage event yeah so if, I mean if that's really if that's weird. the case that's pretty
4: nice but the my biggest issue with the map historically throughout the online era it has been the saves and then with the CT-sided meta introduction ahead of the major it was obviously really bad that they were getting it was so CT-sided that like it became an expectation uh, even at the major uh, that you would get like 10 11 at least nine rounds on the CT side and I guess that's like m- sort of Echoes of old nuke. But for me, that just feels really bad as a viewer where like <laughs> I'm cheering on a team because they got their fifth round on the T-side. Like, holy shit, they're winning the half. Like, this is kind of goofy.
2: You know what I mean? I, I think it's more because a lot of teams have just like they've lost their depth on the T-side right now. Yeah. Um some because of roster changes, others because they're they've just fallen off on certain elements. Like mm-hmm. um Adian <laughs> was telling me about yeah. You're like yes. Obviously. But Kadian is talking even about how their T overpass is a little bit lackluster right now. Um, and then obviously you have like Vitality making changes, liquid making changes, Astralis, new roster. So like a lot of these teams have like already stuff is a little bit more CT sided with the with the gun changes to the A1S. But these teams are also not in a position where their stratbook book can be as deep as it was before. So I think that we'll see it come back over time. It's just going to take another month, two months mm-hmm. even. Do you think it's also cyclical? Because
4: like everybody knows that it's CT-sided meta, so the teams just put less stock in trying to get t sided advantages? Because this happened for a while on Nuke before it became like a more even split map for a brief period of time. I'm thinking like last year, two years ago. Uh, Nuke was obviously very heavily CT-sided for a long time, and then teams started winning T-halves uh, like, I'm thinking even Astralis back in the day, were winning T halves, stuff like that is um, one of those situations where you almost need somebody to say, Hey, you can win T halves, you can do this stuff on T, and like I, show the pave the way for everybody else. Whereas, if people are lost in the system, they're like, Oh, yeah, CT sided meta, they almost just don't try. I don't know if that's a valid thing at the top level, but it feels like it I think with Nuke, outside... with,
0: with Nuke back when Astralis kind of figured it out, yeah. that was that was kind of like post revamp of Nuke, and yeah. at first the map was so complex that like there was that rafter outside like Mm -hmm. they changed the secret position or they changed not the position but kind of like how that whole like beneath secret area worked and like how it's just one vent now they changed so many aspects of it that it took people a while and i think when a map first comes out I think there's a debate whether it's going to be inherently T or CT sided it just kind of depends on the the shape of it and stuff like that but it kind of took people a while to figure out there's a lot of options on Nuke for for T's like people didn't know what they all were at first like the vent drop for example that Astralis for uh really did pioneer in this iteration of the map but um let's uh let's see okay are there any other teams that jump out for me, for you guys here at the event like I, I some of the teams that finished near the bottom I'm kind of I'm kind of more interested in um, i'll I'll actually just start. i'll I'll just start. We didn't see too much of big, uh, but i've I've seen a good I've seen a decent amount of them recently. And I just think that right now my biggest complaint with Big moving forward is that actually, it's it's just Sersean actually. I don't think Sersean is playing. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even know Big was at this event. So <laughs> yeah, they
1: didn't. They neither. went out
0: pretty freaking fast. They speed. They sped. Run their way out of the studio. They didn't even make it to the arena. So no, uh, oh,
2: everybody made it to the arena. Yeah, really. Elimination matches were yeah. guaranteed. Faze defeated arena. them
4: and then uh, immediately lost afterwards. So oh, yeah. okay.
0: Well. All right, that's my bad on, on not watching the uh, the actual phase like, versus big, to forgotten that yeah. the forgotten match. Yeah,
4: Yeah, bigger like <laughs> the ca- like the biggest casualty for blast is like you go, you go down the list. Like even phase in an arena, you're like, oh yeah. yeah, that's gonna be awesome, right? And then it's like big. It's like, Jesus Christ! Why are you guys here? How did you the, guys get yeah. here?
0: <laughs> get them out! You know they they, they stole G two spot. Actually, oh, all right. Uh, yeah. It was it was the like. Oh, the dude! Season. Imagine
4: if G two had been at this event.
0: Come I on. know it would have been. It actually would have. The been third sick, dead right? team
4: that is apparently not making roster moves. X, XD XD Quink, wink wink wink.
0: You know, that um that game actually, that, that big one against uh, G2, I think B- G- G2 were actually on the, the CT side of Inferno and up 15 to 10, and they oh. choked the whole thing into OT. But that was blast uh, fall groups. Either way, um yeah, my main point about Big is that Cersei needs to reinvent his playbook. I've seen him go for the same effing peaks for, like, a year and a half yep. now. Like, dude, that's just not okay. Like, you need to, you need to revamp, you need to, like, watch some d- damn demos, like, just just like take some inspiration from like shiro or like just just go to a different region you know just watch a demo I from like, just play from differently CIS.
3: for like for like three demos on each map and then yeah you can go back to it and then everyone everyone will think it's different Searson and then you're good <laughs> dude yeah
0: like i i think okay one stat that i'm looking at now a lot for oppers uh when i'm like thinking about them and just how good they are is is how the time that they spend flash per round and uh like Cerson was the most flash per round opera at this event. And uh you know what you know what's on the flip side is like to talk about like Glaive's longevity as an opera in the space, he he was like one of the least flash because people just don't know what he's gonna do. So it's always that's always like the thing with a lot of oppers. like um I w I I don't know if I'd put Wauxic in this category, but people kinda like that, you know, like where it's like they join a roster, they like are incredibly good for like maybe five ish five ish months and it's like super, super hot for them. And then people kind of figure them out. They kind of learn their tendencies and it's really tough to stay on top of that. Like you see, you kind of see a lot of operas just like be really good for the short stretches when they get inserted to teams like like poison. Also, yeah, I was you know, about to say. And, and then and then people learn what they're about. And once they understand an opera, once you understand an opera's play style, it's easier to counter them ler- than learning like a rifler's playstyle because th- there's like there's just and, and just being an opera in Premiere before like there were peaks that I liked. And then it was like my first season of Premiere, like nobody knew what I was doing. And then the second season, people were kind of like they were ready for things that I was going to throw at them. So that's uh, speaking from experience and just kind of like looking at the trajectory of Surs. And it's it's going it's it's really bad right now, <laughs> like I mean, he, I- needs to, he needs to do a lot better.
2: I mentioned this on, on Thorin's podcast as well, but I just don't think, like, I don't see, even with, if Sirson was to improve in performance, I just don't see big competing for, like, a, a, like a tournament-winning spot, especially an event like this. It's just not going to happen. So I would rather see, like, Tabson move to a better team at this point, like, move to a mm. team where his IGL fragging impact can actually, yeah. like, help elevate them further. Oh,
0: phase. think phase. What think about phase, phase for uh, Tapson for Olaf? Oh, man, dude, wow. Save Tapson? Wow, no one's saying that, huh? Save Tapson, please, actually. Yeah. He can speak English, um, right? Get him out. Yes, he speaks English. They spoke yeah. English for like two years on the roster.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, entrance. yeah, because of the smooth
0: era, right? Or Zantara and, and Yeah. Yeah, both yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought Zan- so, see the
4: whole conceit of Zantara is moving to big, I thought, was that he's good friends with Gabi and there's like that mutual German-Turkish thing going on. Yeah. I thought he is. could speak German. That's why I was initially like, oh, this is a really
1: cool move. And he, then it turns out he was, no uh, English.
0: He was attempting to learn it in the beginning of the right. roster, they said, and he, pro- he was taking courses and then I think, that, I mean, i just I'm a, because Zantara is not a good student. I used to, <laughs> I, mean, I don't I don't know where it went. I don't know where that went. Yeah.
3: I used to actually really like big roster, and then this roster is just like so yes. uninspiring. It's just like Tabson, and then there's an uninspiring Oppe, and then there's just like three like role players, pretty much. Like Keto hasn't really played very well. Yep,
4: I would GAT, say the gate. GAT, like GAT actually yeah, was kind of tab- surprising. Tabson
3: still. So oh yeah, sell yeah the IGL? Gade's I- a little better than I thought
4: yeah. he'd be. I'll not say like that. he's not
0: like raising the roof, but he's like, oh, there's something Dude, there, you know. Let's say this. Let's say this. If it were Gade for tag I think they're, I think they might be better. Like, I think NIP might be better, or if it's Gade for uh, who else? Like, who, like if it's Gade for a lot of players right now, I actually,
3: like Gade's stock has improved for me since he joined Big. I'll say well, that. Well, Gade, yeah, Gade isn't bad. I wouldn't say he's the problem. But it's just that like. He's also, like, not a solution. He can't kind kind of system. System. Yeah.
2: just doesn't have the firepower yeah. to compete against yeah. a yeah. lot of but these people already have right Keto now, and Tizian.
3: It's like adding a gade is, like it's, like, it's a bit redundant. Tizian I mean. has been <laughs> brutally bad for them,
0: actually. Yeah. Like, he was, when, in mid, like, early 2020, he was really, really serviceable support. Like, I, I would never... Used I like, pretty, used yeah. just, he used to be decent. Like, yeah. He used to be decent. Yeah. He's just kind of dead weight at the moment. He's super deadweight dude. He's like usually he's almost the lowest rated person in like nearly every
3: it's like I guess he's your role player but like your role player can't be averaging point nine
0: rating like that's that's just not good enough. That's just too bad. That's too that's Kyojin levels of of stats you know of output. So like at the
3: end of the day it's counter strike and you need to like shoot the people and kill them to like win the game you know what I mean. So it's like you need a bit more people that can do that.
2: I'm glad you also mentioned NIP though, because they were very disappointing this year. Oh, agreed, dude. like extremely.
3: Yeah, I, I would I I actually, argue, yeah, I would argue they're the most disappointing team at the event. There, I would, I would say actually,
2: heroic was the most disappointing team at this event. That's
3: a good point because they're on, a, they're not a new roster either. So yes, exactly. Mm. Well, I
4: feel like that heroic I can I can debate just because of the intangibles surrounding the whole like villains in your home country somehow like obviously this insane crowd who's obviously always cheering for Astralis they take him kind of close but then like stuff goes wild that's like a 50-50 game for me considering how good the Astralis additions have been um I also uh, we didn't touch on this with the Astralis talk. I think Zippix is like escaped everybody's limelight because he didn't do too poorly at this event but he's definitely not going to be like I, I'll put it on the record I don't believe if he will be reviving his career. I think he got the bag kind of similar to Glaive, although Glaive impressed a little bit with the ops sometimes. But anyway, that's almost neither here nor there. I think the NIP story is big. Like it's a, it's a huge shock Terrible. that they didn't Terrible. make it this far. I mean, especially coming off of the major where like they had a horrible performance against G2 in their quarterfinals. That's the only time they were in their quote-unquote home crowd as a team, obviously before Tag came in. Well, you didn't even expect them to make it past Copenhagen Flames of all teams. Like, come on, bro. You guys definitely should have lost that ancient match, it feels like. You know, just looking at it again, like it's amazing that LNZ was able to do something for once in his whole stint I with think, his team. So, good job.
3: I think NIP is about to come to like the realization that they have much bigger issues than simply getting a good fifth. Yes. Yeah. Like, like A, Plovsky isn't playing good enough. I'd say Rez isn't playing good enough for, like, what Rez is supposed to be. Yeah, he's supposed the, to be the second star, right? So. Yeah, dude, their, their, their T-sides, T-sides size, atrocious. So I, keep bringing it up.
0: I keep bringing it up, dude. Their T-sides are terrible. Like you, like, can
3: argue, like, you can argue argue, device isn't playing as well, but he's still playing, like, by far the best on the team. And I still think you surround him with, like, a better team, I still think he's just gonna be. Device. We've also like, never
4: think... seen. Did you, you guys see the James Banks interview with him where he James Banks is trying to get it? It's like squeezing blood from a stone. The guy's so the depressed. Device? Yeah, Device was so yeah, yeah. depressed I after he got eliminated. Like, so,
2: so here's yeah. the thing though Device, the last time there was an event in the Royal Arena like this was Copenhagen 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when he was not on Astralis or, or he, uh, I think he couldn't make it to the event or something. I don't remember what the exact circumstances mm. were. Yes, he was out he,
4: sick, and they replaced him with Dennis from uh, Fnatic at the time, I believe, right? Is that the same uh, event? I'm thinking I don't about? know if
2: it was Dennis, but he definitely like didn't make it to that event, for yeah. sure. Um, and so he finally gets a chance to play on that stage again, and they get banged out immediately. <laughs> Bad, so like, yeah. of course he's going to be heartbroken, because yeah. he can't even play on the home stage here. I know it's um, the home
4: stage effect. It just it felt different. This one felt like what the fuck have i done i'm second guessing every decision i've ever made i'm not even with the person that i was supposed to be with to make this move to stockholm in the first place which is why i left astralis for this organization yes. like so much shit has gone wrong with my life you could see it all over his face. maybe i'm reading into it but it just felt imagine like imagine moving for a girl yeah true <laughs> no, like I'm ima- no, imagine I'm changing any part of your life for a femoid what the fuck out of SMH here, SMH. SMH I'm I'm
2: topping out of this conversation <laughs> just, kidding. Um, <laughs> just kidding I was kidding I was Wait
0: when, when
3: did we come when did we get the <laughs> incel talk Our yeah, slash. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I was joking I was joking
0: so out I'm so out, I'm so yeah. out. <laughs> Okay okay um, um I'll say I this I'll say, <laughs> Oh I want to say about nip yes. about nip Um so yeah, their T sides are terrible. They have like they had one of the worst at the major, and at this event, not the worst, but pretty bad. I think it was second worst to Big, but like that's kind of like the worst. That you know? is the worst, yeah. Um, the thing. So I watched. I watched back like the entire uh, like T side they played against Overpass pretty recently, and they only got three rounds. Uh, Okay, so so actually, uh, on Mirage and Overpass, the two, the second and third map versus Liquid, that they both lost, they got a total of three rounds. They got none on Mirage on T side, and on Overpass they got three, two of which were the pistol, and the following round were Liquid echoed. And the the third round they won was because Device literally killed, like, four people with an AK as he just ran up through bathrooms. Like, he literally just headshotted everybody. Like, (laughs) Hampus threw one flash. Hampus had, or, Device had no one behind him. Like, no one was in position to trade or anything like that. And he just killed three people. It was like,
3: (laughs) okay. You ever have those, like, those, like, plays where you, like, you just decide, all right, I'm done giving a fuck. Like, I'm holding W. Like, the, thing the end is, of the half where you're just losing a lot and you just you just kill everyone? The thing is, like, it,
0: sure there was nobody, like, there wasn't nobody to trade him because it was Device's fault, this is just the NIP system, system in air quotes, because he there's never any system in any of their rounds. Like, dude, they didn't even run I I I went through like their I think their entire overpass. I don't think they ran a single like exec. They just yeah. like they default. They two one two default on overpass, by the way, which is like not even like a lot of teams do three one ones, one one threes, like they'll they'll send like a majority to one side of the map so that they can get control as a unit, and then they can either, you know, exec or like fake that space, or, like go take other map control later. Like they do two one twos all the time, like it's just literally like Plopsky. Try to go up Connector by yourself. See what you can do. You know, Rez, go out towards A by yourself. See what see what happens a little bit. And then it's just like then sometimes when when they die when like two people die then Plopsky then Hampus, who Hampus who just who actually just kind of baits more than I thought he did on Overpass. Uh, I watched like some of his POV. He just like watched Plopsky die in Connector. Stewie was like vulnerable for the trade and Hampus is like nah I'm not taking that fight I'm a backup I'm gonna go away from this. And you should have entered.
4: Yeah, you should have entered man. Should have gotten the kill what the hell.
0: And then S is like solo walking out monster at the same time cuz there's just no strat. There's just no strat in place. They're just they're just doing whatever they feel like. But then again, I have to give S a little bit of credit. He knows some Swedish, but he doesn't know that much. So maybe when Hampus said, wait outside Monster, he misinterpreted that. And that's why he walked through Monster and died by himself. So there's just, there's a lot going
3: on. This sounds like like how a CIS template. A CIS team <laughs> plays T yes. side, but like without winning any of the rounds. <laughs> yeah, without, without killing anybody. Without any out. mechanical <laughs> skill, yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. work if you're not actually killing people when you walk out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so, maybe so Hampus will watch going, this
4: and he'll write that down, Josh. Maybe
2: he'll going one. back to the original point of being like, like disappointed in their performance here, like the the reason I'm more disappointed than just solely what their results show is that in when I interviewed Hampus it just seems like they have no actual solution planned as to how to resolve their T side issues like this is the this is the impression I got from this conversation is that first of all yes they have language issues with a tag already in terms of like he does speak Swedish but when they are in very chaotic situations in rounds just like when Stewie like and, Oh. Like Ben Tedder, when Stewie and uh, Tarek joined MIBR and yeah. the, the Brazilians were trying to talk in English, Like once comms get loud, they get hectic, and once they have to talk very quickly, there's a disconnect, and some of those words can easily be mis- misinterpreted or just not even heard, right? Because you're trying to focus both on translating this in your brain, trying to understand what's happening in the game, and making a play at the same time. And so the, the problem with that is that when I asked him about this, he basically said that they didn't, the, the reason that some of their T-sides had been so lackluster is that they had now added tag as basically to be a secondary caller of sorts. Um, so the pair of issues oh. with this is A, his Swedish isn't perfect <laughs> in chaotic know. situations, okay? First yes. of all. Yeah. Second of all, your secondary caller cannot repair your non-existent T-sides because there's nothing to repair. Yeah. Like there there's no it just seems like there's no real playbook or depth of playbook enough for a secondary caller to be able to do anything to bring you up to a like a world beater level. And yeah. Device isn't es- going to be happy being a team who's like fifth and best in the world, obviously. I don't even so. think they make Esotag it that is- high,
4: to be honest, with like this Well, yeah, system. but just, yeah. In, just
2: as a as a yeah. peak even, like yeah. he won't be happy with that. And that's the most I can see them like consistently trying to be like that level in a tournament. It just won't happen if you don't have somebody who can take over the calling entirely.
3: Mm-hmm. Esatag is like really smart, like one of the smartest players for a playoff. He's perfect for like a secondary calling situation. But definitely not like with like what NIP is experiencing at the moment, where yes. it's like they have to figure out their entire system and why they literally can't buy a single T side round. Like he's really good, especially at like small things. Um like sometimes he was actually too good at it. Like he would play with like floppy. He would play sides of like, Floppy, and, like, Floppy, like, do something a little bit wrong, and I said, yeah, I would have, like, stood here, and then, like, took 15 steps to the right before filming my flash, and then playing this at, like, a 30 degree angle, so he's just, like, overcomplicate, <laughs> yeah. like, everything, and Floppy would just feel, like, kind of like an idiot, because, because <laughs> s is just, like, super smart, and just came from Astralis and stuff, but, like, he like, overexplaining sometimes, to, like, yeah. a, a yeah. bad degree, I think, so it's, like, that's not gonna, like, fix your entire T-Side, just, like, making everything more complicated, that might even just make it worse. Right, yeah, giving that good.
2: feedback, and then in NA, you have like you should have just shot him in the head before he shot you. Like, uh, you know, you uh, that's the that's the tens
0: call. I just, bro, I just missed. I just, missed. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, they wouldn't say that they'd actually, be like, though. I just
3: missed. <laughs> <laughs> they just be like, dude, I if I just hit that shot, like, on. <laughs> <Exactly>. yeah, <laughs> uh, okay,
2: unironically true. That's the worst
1: part.
0: I I have I have hope. I have some hope for NIP. No, no, what am I talking about? <laughs> I don't have hope. I have hope. I have hope that these some
3: of the pieces should do better in the future, but I don't really I like I, I, I used to have, have hope. I thought I thought Rez would like take a step up and like hopefully yeah. he would become like the true star player he's supposed to be and he's not, which is nah. bad. Mm-hmm. When he needs to be. But it's like Plopsky isn't playing as well as I thought he could, like they're just these pieces all like this team had potential I think, but it's like Literally the only piece that's like even coming somewhat close to like their potential or like playing well as device, and like literally everyone else is just yeah failing.
0: Yeah, I I think that right now it's up to uh Hampus uh threat and I guess Mahone to like get in a little circle and say like we need to change the style that we play t sides like w- something needs to be different because it's you can't you just can't default every round with Hampus doing his little shindig. And then just, just, like, then the round's over if he doesn't kill people. So, I, I mean, I'll just say I hope they do something. Do I believe in Hampus as an IGL right now? No, but as, like, if... Uh... You know, Esetag learns Swedish better and then can finally give. So, it, when he's not like having to worry about speaking a second language, along with the fact that the team is going so badly and he can just focus on one problem, one issue, isolate it a little bit, then m- maybe he'll give a little bit more in terms of like his expected playbook. Like, I'm surprised Device is so okay with them playing like this, but I guess it's because they won that IEM fall event and he probably thought that things were going pretty well, but in reality, it's like. You know, th- that event is just, like... It's kind of just different than than this, or the Major, or anything for that matter. So, um... Also, oh, they still I, have you know, I'll, give, yeah. I'll give
3: Nip some, like, benefit of the doubt. And it's like, they did go out and get straws. I mean, straws. They did go out and get Device this year, which is a big move to make and commit to. So, I do assume if this continues, they aren't just going to, like, sit around and just let, you know, Hampus call these T-sides for, like, another two years.
4: Yeah, I think they just need... Like, do you guys think the obvious move here is just to replace Hampus. I mean, I guess the question is who you replace him with, but that seems like yeah, a I'm better sure. move to, to get rid of him so that you can install a different system or make changes or whatever. Um, there's obviously that like honeymoon period where some it really, it really is. depends
3: on who you can get. Cause even if you replace like plops, or res with like a better rifler, maybe someone's like more aggressive and is able to like open things up a bit more. Save. That could also be, Tabson. that could also be really good.
0: Cabson. And to- I am waiting for NIP, NIP to go fully English international. Team, yeah. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't. So, I, so like this is where I put uh, a lot of stock into what ZTR was doing with the roster, where it's like he wasn't actually performing that well as an individual. But I went back through their like flashpoint run when he was playing on the team, and his and their T side was like f- was I think it was fifty something percent win rate. And then you watch the other events after it's Linus instead, and it's like. Sure, your CT side got maybe a little better, like a little boost, but your T side just fell off a cliff. Yeah, in fact, Flashpoint 3 with ZTR, they had a 55% win rate on the T side, and they came in second place. And then you look at the last, like, three events that they played, and it's like like 30% on T side. And I don't think that's really, like, level of competition changing. I think that's just, like, you actually had an IGL who... Knew how to help you in ZTR, in and he was comfortable in Swedish, and so like that secondary voice, like I, I just don't underrate it at all because when I do watch the Academy League games too, like ZTR knows how to mid round better than probably any IGL there, so like that's that's where it's like very obvious to me that he was giving a lot of input to them when he was on the roster, even though he's
2: like a little, he's a freaking teenager. I mean, no, Paul makes a good like this. Obviously, will not happen, but he's saying plus MSL now it's a Danish speaking team, <laughs> but like. Obviously, this won't happen because I feel like NFP want to say Swedish, but yeah, that genuinely exactly. would be a good move for them. Like if, yeah. you, if, if you if you ignore
4: like, language issues potentially, because I don't know exactly, how many of the Swedish yeah.
2: players speak Danish.
4: But yeah, I mean, somebody like or him just could speak English. In, yeah, true. Somebody like, like him could totally go in and and like MSL could totally set up a system that these players would work within. He's done it so many times to, with worse pieces than what this lineup has. So
2: yeah exactly so i the problem is there's just outside of ztr obviously i just don't know any swedish in-game leader who could come in and and help improve this team and that Mm. already is not going to be enough of an improvement for them rec 5 million
3: does make a good point in that msl is already a star ropper so oh that's (laughs) true that's yo okay is is that (laughs) a
4: throwback to when john oh no Josh, you, you picked was, Montu was on... over Zaywu, didn't you? There was some old episode of it. No, no, think, time. No, no,
0: no. He picked Mon- I, He <laughs> said Montu to be different than everybody Sephora else, Zywoo, so like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, like the MSL, the MSL offers. thing was when he won that MVP at that yeah, 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 uh, yeah, Stockholm yeah. Stockholm yeah. event, even though he had a yeah. 1.06 rating. <laughs> <laughs> like just the phoniest mvp ever <laughs> i have to put that out there that is the worst mvp in the history of hltv mvps i don't i have never seen anyone win mvp with a 1.06 hltv 2.0 rating like never again will that happen that was a caught up in the moment that he he killed device three times and the, the observer caught it every time like, his that's best games exactly... came against astralis
3: and that is yeah yeah it.
0: That's all it was, dude. Like Az had like a one point two, Valde had like a one point one eight. Like it's literally like such a travesty <laughs> that Az didn't win an MVP for that uh, that performance because he freaking carried them until the grand finals. When it was like, okay, okay MSL shot the op really well here, like a couple times.
3: You-, you can't deny that it's so much better if MSL having it. <laughs> it is better for I the mean...
4: storyline, sure. But then if you look at the stats, because now he's just dining out on that. I'm sure for like, yeah, you remember that time I out opt device. With my 1.06 rating.
0: Yeah, know. but that was, oh God. I, I, I actually think I need to make a YouTube video about how fraudulent that MVP was, but it I don't want to be that toxic because I've said some things negatively about MSL in the past. Even I said it once on a cast, like, and then like Tensky just like at me and just like is like, it's like, why are casters so mean or something like that? It was, <laughs> it was my line or something. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sure. It's a CS Summit, but fine, whatever, dude. Like, go off. Um. Uh, okay, what are the what about the other teams? How about this? How about this? Let's get into let's kind of talk about we're gonna talk about roster stuff a little bit. And so, what better time to talk about uh, Liquid than now? So let's talk about their performance and kind of the future of this team. Um, you know, they 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 won against NIP, uh, which was I'd say like a huge that was a huge victory for them. And they actually played heroic, really close. Yes. Like they actually they made those games that game really competitive. Um, so I I'll say, like. I, I was I, I like as soon as it was like an eight seven half on Inferno on map three against Heroic, I kinda felt like this is probably over because I don't I don't really trust Liquid's T-sides on Inferno. Um but I'll, I'll say that you know there was a chance they won I think they won the pistol. I think they won a couple rounds after that. I think it was I think they were up nine eight actually at one point on Inferno against Heroic. And uh but but uh NAF just signed a big extension and we know that Alige is one of the like just basically like keystone players for this roster. So they have two guys moving forward. What would you guys like to see for the other 3 to to round this out? Would you want to keep anybody uh on the roster right now as it stands? Like even even with the rumors that are out there, would you want to keep anybody else here?
4: No. Not really to be honest. I was one I was the proponent of Elijah out. Get him out, but he's obviously staying. It seems like so. Mm-hmm. You know. That. I wouldn't
3: keep Grim just cuz I think I don't think it makes sense with the roles Feliz is still yes. there they're like, just the same want... player they want yeah. to be the same player yeah so I just don't think it's really worth it um but yeah do I mean, we know I what the other I'm
2: the here other for the Grim Revenge moves. arc when they yeah. take yeah. out yeah. Liquid in the future Yeah. us yeah, do yeah. it give it that should be yeah. good.
4: I mean, I, Stewie could take him with him. I mean, all the bad-mouthing Stewie's done to Grim <laughs> inadvertently, presumably. <laughs> where he's like, yeah, Grim's just not doing what we want him to do very well.
2: And... He didn't really bad-mouth him. No. That's what's I so weird it about several. The no, There were several, yeah, there were several instances.
4: There were several instances, not just the most recent time, where he does talk. Because, like, he was on Twitter yes, recently and, and
2: trying to explain, like, I could see how it was misinterpreted or whatever. But. Well, no, like, Stewie's point is that Grim literally came into the wrong team at the wrong time. Yeah. Like, you're putting a star player player into uh like positions that he doesn't play on spots. a team yeah. Yeah. yeah on a team that is not going to be able to give you the time to adjust into those positions because they're trying to compete at a top level and so and then he called him a slow learner which was like the only point of criticism that was actually like there well no there, like, was post though, game, yeah. there was some post game. Even there was some like, postgame even then grim talked about it and he's like i don't feel like i'm a slow learner it's just the fact that like like, I even t- he even talked to Grimm about it. He said in like in a broadcast interview that he talked to Stewie about it, and there was, yes. uh, and he basically said that it was just like Stewie went a little hard, and so he apologized. There's, afterward.
3: Like, there's like a golden NA timeline here, right? Because like Liquid didn't really want Grimm, they just kind of picked him up because there's like no one else for them to pick up, and they needed a replacement, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes. at the same time, on C9, uh, I'm pretty sure like we were going for Grimm at the same time because we wanted to do like a six man roster. And, like mm-hmm. at Grim, who knows how that pans out after the words, right? But um, we were going for Grim, and I feel like everyone would would have just been a lot happier long term if like Grim just went to like C nine with us, you know, a team that like yeah. you wouldn't be comfortable with. Liquid got someone that like they actually wanted, and then like at that point, you know, maybe the Colossus never happens. That'd be great. Maybe you know, like yeah, <laughs> okay. maybe Liquid actually has a roster where they're not just putting in some like weird player into all their role player positions. Like yeah, a player they that should just let it. that happen. But I if the Colossus doesn't happen,
4: better. if the Colossus doesn't happen, how will I get my NFT mushrooms? How?
0: That's true. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The non-fungible fungi um, are not promoting this podcast, by the no. way. But uh, that's... A, I didn't even, even remember the
4: name. That's why I had to say mushrooms. But yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? This is this is never going to happen. Uh, but, but my ideal liquid moving forward would just be basically get... Uh, just just do uh just get floppy, get OC, and I know like as much as this hurts extra salt fans, just tear that apart that lineup apart because Floppy can play all the spots Grimm played,
3: but he's actually like good at them. He actually likes just, them. Yeah. yeah, he actually yeah. likes those spots. Like, I and remember then, I remember one time yeah. we were talking on the team, right? We were switching around some roles. This is like the old South African thing. Mm-hmm. And like we were t- we asked Floppy, like, would you be open to, like, playing, like, it was on Dust2, we asked him if he'd be open to playing B-Lurk instead of, like, Long Lurk or something, and he was yeah. like, yeah, it's easy, like, I just sit there, and then I kill one as they cross, and I get 180R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Floppy Floppy
0: is always okay with doing all the worst spots, like, it, it, and, it, like, <laughs> they're just easy
3: to him. He's just like, these, these spots are so easy. Like Yeah, they're easy. just
0: so, <laughs> like, the choices in a lot of, e- in roll spots are very binary. It's either just, like, it's just, like, sit there, and then, like, stall. It's either, do you stall or do you fight? Like, that's kind of that's kind of it for every, every bitch spot. Uh, there's like barely ever a third decision you even have to make.
3: The third decision oh. is like, oh, my teammates died across the map, I'll push. There's them. too many people that you play know? bitch spots and only delay like all the time. Yeah, and that was. Never, that's where, why where like, I hated floppy, watching Taco, dude. Yeah. That's where it's. like hated. floppy. Floppy will just be like, dude, I'm just going to fucking swing these guys. I'm just going to fight them. Like, yeah, you got to keep them honest. Yeah, it's good to have someone that's like, if they're trying to set up for their exec, this like random like B anchor that they think is like bad just randomly starts swinging and pushing on them. It's like, that's super yeah. annoying to play against. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's, uh, probably when actually Big were good
0: at the game, uh, like, Keto and Xantares would actually do that, you know, they would just test people, they'd be like, oh, yeah. let's just fight into that a little bit more, and, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, but my ideal lineup would just have those two, and then, um, I, like, I guess, I guess Nitro, just cause, just cause of, like, like, actually, honestly, with the, far, with the firepower in this, like, lineup I'm proposing, like, you already have you already have a liege you already have Naf. you have floppy and oc like dude that's such a strong four players that if you just got nitro as the caller and just kind of like i don't know semi role player or like whatever like i don't even think he needs to put up higher than like a 0.92 rating for that team to have like top four aspirations yeah
3: and if nitro comes back and feels refreshed in CS, you could well no nitro can easily like average over that like he could be 0.98 easily Yeah. yeah He's, so. I feel like he's usually around, like, a 1.00 when yes, he's calling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's kind of like... Which is, when, you know, fine. For a caller, when you yeah. have those other four players, that's that's what I would like to see. Yeah, you almost don't yeah.
4: even get the resources to do anything else other than a one clean at at, at peak form, basically. I, I guess the confusing part is I haven't followed Nitra's career in Valorant, so I'm not sure if anybody else here has. Like, what <laughs> has he been playing Exactly? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on no, a... No, I mean, what, pretty... what has he been yeah. playing? Like, the question is, oh, what, plays... how has he been utilizing his skill set? Do, do, do we think that anything translates back over in a certain, do, do we have any trends to sort of... I think I think so. On?
3: Like, he hasn't been playing, like, Star Wars. He's been playing, like, Smokes, like, Omen, Astra. I think maybe something else. That type of thing. So he hasn't I been, mean, like, one of the stars. He hasn't been calling, though. In his most recent game, he played... What the fuck? He played Jet and
0: Cypher in this game? Well, that's not, Is this real? Oh, in the last, wow, in the last chance qualifier, he played Jed and Cypher, what the hell? Well,
3: heck? that that was a bit different, because they were playing without steel, so... Oh, yeah, okay, so he don't played
0: before that, that, okay, before that, it was uh, Omen, Astra, Viper, Omen, Astra, Viper. Yeah, yeah, so smokes.
3: Yeah, so smokes, yeah. So, so just pretty utility? Like, yeah, if he came back to CS, he'd be in, like, a pretty, like, whatever, like, a similar role. Obviously, it's much different than Valorant, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course.
2: Also, like Nitro can flex rolls relatively easily over time. I think. In Valorant or CS? In CS, in CS. (laughs) Like he can adapt over time. He's one of the players who can learn. So. Well, we just know that he's
4: he's he's a father by now, right? So we just know at this point he's a father. He's a father.
2: Yeah, Yeah, he's a
0: dad.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: At this point, that's just—it's nothing against the guy. I'm just thinking like he might be—he might not have the, the time to spend relearning other roles or whatever. He might just have to slot in and and do whatever his skill set initially biases him towards. But yeah, I mean historically he has done that in CS. I
2: think least, it's so. more that he has enough experience where it wouldn't take a, as long for him to like adapt to other roles. Not necessarily that he would relearn every or like an entirely different role, but he could swap a position or two. Sure.
4: Yeah. Or yeah. like
2: swap into certain certain slots
4: it would be really interesting as somebody who's obviously had to play in valorant where there's a lot of stuff changing a lot pretty frequently um uh, by all accounts the idea that he comes in and like yeah there's been meta changes it'd be funny to get an interview with him and ask him like so how much has cs actually changed and he's like oh uh i don't know you could throw grenades that's cool and then that's it <laughs> than that same game I'm like okay here we go
0: um really quickly before i move on to or we, we maybe even can continue on liquid i'm just gonna throw it out there that we're gonna have a q a section of this podcast and if people are patrons uh i think they could have already submitted their patron patreon question but if you also sub on twitch you can also ask a question and we'll answer those all together later but yeah, let's move forward. Hey, if there I, are any
4: patrons who haven't submitted their question and want to while this is going on live, I can check that. So yeah, that.
0: so we'll, we'll check those all like right when we do the segment. So um, yeah, just a disclaimer there. And uh, also another reminder. I don't know why. I, OK, whatever. Th- this is also on like podcast websites as well. So if you're on Apple Pods or Spotify, you can listen to It's Server Time there. I think there's a couple others but those are the ones that I use so just putting that out there once again so let's uh let's put it out let's let's move on um one one thing I well I guess with other with other liquid news how about this I'll, I'll throw out the supposed roster that's that's there right now and what do you guys what's your guys take on this so right now it looks like a possible roster for liquid moving forward will be Elise Naf Vinny, Shocks and Nitro does that team say we're gonna make um, it
3: top five I've, to you guys? Is that the rumored with NAF resigning? I thought that was before. I'm pretty sure that they still want Naf an re-signing. I think it was before. I think it was before. Yeah, but they, but. Didn't, have,
4: they didn't have a fifth confirmed yeah. or like rumored or whatever. At no, the I'm time. saying
3: I'm saying like the NAF resigning means either Vinny or Socks is out. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Does it? Okay, but I'm not yes, sure which.
4: Wait, if well, uh, no, because it would be a liege naf Nitro. If assuming he's coming, there's still back. a
3: fifth. That's that's going to be an offer. I don't yes. know what Oh, right, because they not, were
4: in talks with the OC as the other rumor. Yeah,
3: yeah. But the other rumor is OC, and then I there's like rumors that they talked to Monsi but apparently those got disproved. But who knows? Who I heard a from. I heard another kind of interesting rumor that they were talking to MHL.
0: I just just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. That's like NHL. something. Did something they, they right? misspell
4: MSL's name? What happened? <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> MHL is. So
0: mhl is like this polish opera um, yeah. I think he played with with uh was it was it anonymous no no it wasn't Anonimo. i don't know what what polish team he was on let me check right now but i yeah i don't really know where that came from oh ago from ago yeah okay. he's got he's got a 1.22 in the past two months uh past in the past 12 months though against top 30 teams he's got a 1.20 rating but only 11 maps and never played against the top 10 team so you know that's a that's a raw talent that's out there. Um, yeah, le- even lines. less proven than also? OC. Okay.
4: I guess they could pivot to him if OC doesn't say yes, because obviously, extra salts sort of on the come up. Like they they've been recently qualified. We'll ta- apparently we'll talk about them later. But the um, ESL conference thing has been looking good for them. So
2: yeah, I don't know.
0: I yeah. Don't... Okay. Um, no. No. Do you have any final thoughts on how do you think that roster would do?
2: The Liquid one. Yeah. I mean. Without Vinny, then potentially. I think if it's <laughs> if it's actually the one with Vinny, then I don't think they'll be able to do anything. <laughs> okay, uh okay. it's if just it's... too many pill it's just too many like support pillars without uh, enough like star power basically. You're yeah. going from having too many stars to having not enough stars in that lineup. You can you can only that. have
3: two of shocks Vinny. Nah, and Nitro. Or, no, sorry, no, yeah, yeah, yeah and Nitro, yeah. sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you can't have you can't have three of But those. like whether if they get an offer, whether or not like the 5th the is Vinny or Shox, I think either one could be good for different reasons. Like, Vinny, I think, is less of a risk. Vinny, I think, just slots in pretty easily, and it's just, you know, does the thing, he's a role player, he does whatever. Whereas, like, Shox is, like, I think has, like, a higher ceiling, more potential, but also could be a bit worse, depending on kind of, like, how Shox takes to it. Because mm-hmm. There was, like, an interview or something, right, where he seemed to really take to that kind of, like, role player role. He said that like he thought it was like the best use of his skills at this stage of his career. So if he comes in, he's like committed to just like, yeah, I'll play wherever, like I'll just use my skills to help you guys and like lift everyone else up, then that could be like super, super good. Cause Shocks would be insane in that role if he really commits to it.
4: Yeah, if I if it was up to me, I would take Shocks over Vinny just because based on experience, yeah. it's something that Liquid is gonna lose a lot of when Stewie2K leaves and also when Fallen leaves. So if assuming those two players are out, which I think is safe to say at this point you have to get somebody, well, you don't have to, but it would make sense to get somebody else who's like a veteran status in. And yeah. Nitro also qualifies, but hasn't played CS most recently. So I think Shox, assuming he can gel in with an English speaking lineup, the other question mark for that move to me is like the emotional side because NA teams are notoriously a little bit easy to tilt mm-hmm. and French teams are notoriously easy to, maybe not tilt, but at mm-hmm. least get a, a rise out of. That doesn't seem like you're you're getting like the stable veteran necessarily, but Shox's performance Hasn't been so terrible that I would say this is like not going to work at all. It still feels a bit underwhelming, but maybe they were also thinking in the context of like fans and, you know, getting a star signing happening and stuff like that, which I can understand. But I don't know how well that sets up your CS team to deliver top tier results. I think whatever happens with Liquid, we'll probably not see them go out of the gates, banging heads the way that, you know, some of the past rosters have done.
0: Yeah, they would need some really like out of the blue signings uh, if they want to do that. But yeah, as it stands right now, I'm not I'm not super high on any of the prospects. People in the chat were saying like Junior. I just haven't heard that being a, a rumor. Over I OC,
2: think, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I, I would take OC. Uh, yeah, I think by now I would take OC. I think now. I think I a year ago I was higher on Junior. Uh, maybe even year, maybe a year or a half ago I was higher on Junior. But now I'm. I'm definitely firmly, uh, more so inclined to believe that OC is going to deliver on the the highest level. So you know, I, yeah,
2: exactly. I, I think I'm still a fan of Junior being on a top, like a top level team that's competing. I just think that if it came down to the choice to Liquid specifically between OC and Junior, it would be OC like 100% of the time.
4: I guess that is a natural fit as well because if OC leaves extra salt to go to liquid, then Junior probably replaces him as opposed to sticking with BNB, right? Like that seems like a natural sort of shuffle just because extra yeah. Salt's a salary team. So That's
0: I've awesome. heard some um, interesting rumors about that BNB roster and where they're headed, but I'm not going to we'll, just we'll talk about that th- when when those teaming? when things happen with that roster, I'll uh I'll say that I knew, but I'm not wow, going to say anything nice, about it. Nice uh, <laughs>
2: announcement of an announcement. Announcement of an announcement.
0: Announcement of them making an announcement and for which I will say I heard about this, but I can't, I really can't speak exactly. on it. Exactly. It's just, yeah, You can't even like so. cough think,
4: and accidentally leak something that But
2: way. Ju- Just on like one final note, I think the the way I see it though, even if, so let's say the lineup is like NAF, Nitro, Alige, uh, Shocks, and OC, right? I, that team will be the better of the two lineups, like, between having Vinny or Shox. But I don't see them competing against a team like the Vitality that's rumored for next year, this Astralis roster with more practice, Na'Vi, like, I don't see them being able to take down these teams. It just seems like they, yes, they will be much better than they are this year in terms of consistency, but they still won't be, like, a world-beating team.
4: I wonder about evil geniuses since we're talking NA. I feel like maybe they would actually win out in the roster mania as far as like native NA top teams, but that's just based on rumors again. Even more well, I thought they rumors. might if they
3: if they if they had gotten NAF maybe but now that they're not getting NAF I highly doubt they'll be. Oh, like, I don't know. Netflix. I think
4: JKS is a lock mm-hmm. for for them, and if he can do something mm. unlike the complexity roster, which already had his position pretty heavily filled by two other players <laughs> towards the end of it, um, feels like yeah okay, there's probably not going to be as much role overlap. He might be able to to come out guns blazing again, and especially I guess also if that you know some of the other like hundred thieves renegades former mix uh, the extremum mix might be you know on on the market. Uh, they might also be, you know, sampled from, I'm not sure if they'll end up being like a top competitor and abroad, but I think they could give this new liquid a run for their money, especially since I'm kind of counting on the new liquid, not immediately gelling and finding their form. I feel like they are going to need to actually work through some, some woes before they can really deliver at the top teams. Whereas the evil Genius' rumored roster seems like it could, you know, be more stable from out the gate just because of lack of language barrier and, and other potential results. You know, we'll see, we'll see.
0: I'll I'll put it out there that if if Stewie joins EG, I think that they can be I think their ceiling is very high. Like I Yeah, I I think it's now knowing yeah. yeah. It's knowing how much Stewie contributes to the the culture of a team and what he brings tactically speaking and just his play in the server to enable other people. Like he's such a he's an enabler. He's like one of the best secondary IGLs. He could just full-time call if they want him to do that. Like he's he's when when people say like players are versatile like yeah i think stewie is like bro, like other than maybe playing like hard anchor positions or whatever like I, I he can do basically everything in the game so i have huge i have really high hopes and if you have a core of you know like breeze Cirque, stewie um and then it would be jks I, I mean, and one other is the
4: yeah, other, yeah, is if you, like, okay if you got somewhere.
0: jks and let's say like i would probably want some kind of like slightly more early round aggressive rifler so it's not always just Stewie doing it I think that team has an incredibly high ceiling like I I don't I don't know who that would be but are there any names that are kind of floating out there, like who could that, like if it were, what if it were just JKS and Jacob? What if it were JKS and Jacob? Oh, it and, could be uh, that. But
4: I think the other name was Rush, which is like an obvious name oh, now R- that I think about it. He's not okay, exactly okay.
0: early game necessarily, early round, but he
4: could be, I guess, if you. Well, yeah, he can
0: like... do. Rush is pretty versatile, but like the, the thing about Rush is just that like you're just not always getting a lot of firepower. Like at the end of his tenure with Complexity, um, he was like. Like, you know, he's, he's put in a lot of bad spots, but like, it it doesn't really account for the fact that on CT side, like he was pretty, he was pretty bad. Like in most spot, most of his anchor role positions, like he would get zero kills a lot. And I I find like when you're not getting ever a kill, like it's like what we were talking about earlier. Like there's a point where like delaying is cool and all, but like, if you're not getting any kills, like then you're just not keeping the opposing team honest at all. So I, I felt like rush was in a position like that. So I would love to see Rush kind of get reinvigorated. And you know what the thing is about Rush? Like, he's been living in hotels for the last, like, two years or something like that. Yeah. So if he gets to live in America again, be a little bit more comfortable, I don't know. I, I feel like there's there's actually possibility that he, like, has a, has a little bit of a resurgence. So...
2: That's that's uh that's I mean you say that, there. but EG is a partner team in both blasts and ESL that's, and that's like Liquid spent two hundred and fifty days overseas yeah. this year in like so.
3: Amsterdam
0: and, <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's still, yeah.
3: still different from being in a literal hotel by yourself. That's the true. Time. That is true. You'd be with the team for sure. I mean the other yeah. thing too,
4: like if you if you actually take stock of all the names we've listed, it's like three of the players need to need career resurgences Circ, yes. JKS and yeah and Rush. It could happen, and I'd be stoked to see it happen, but that is a a sort of knock against them potentially it just feels like they're all at the very least their baseline known quantity levels should be enough to compete with a new liquid roster and anybody else in na so evil geniuses could at least temporarily take that mantle of the coveted mantle of best north american team very coveted very respected
0: i think uh extra salt has a chance to get it they do. If, they do. If this roster, if the liquid roster, if the liquid roster doesn't go that well, if the EG roster well, doesn't it, get any specifically, nice if the liquid, signings, if
4: the liquid roster doesn't, in, it contain OC. But I feel like without OC, yeah. that team could really flop. If you know what I mean.
0: You know, let's. Uh, I want to I use this time to pivot to uh, to Extra Salt, Actually, they just caught. Con- they just went through the ESL conference. They just qualified for Pro League. Uh, I don't know how much you guys caught of it. I only really caught some of the Mad Lions game that they played, like the last one that they were in uh it was also i'll say this i'll give like a little bit of a briefing on what i saw some of my observations i i I will say that like jt's use of pacing has improved as an in-game leader on the t side where it's like sometimes slow rounds sometimes fast rounds like still like i'll say like their defaulting is just at a level that's really so solid now that like the the problem with jt as an igl two years ago um was that it always felt like it had to be a set play or a set piece, you know? Um, But then, then he started incorporating defaulting before the set pieces, but sometimes they would just get beat in defaults. Now, with the personnel that they have, they don't lose defaults. Like, they don't, if they have to default for a while, they can even find kills in the defaults. And that's something that, like, has taken extra salt, I think, to the next level, on top of the fact that their CT sides are just really good. Like, they're really good at putting together, like, 3v4s. And 4v3s and stuff like that. Like, I think everybody on this team, especially, like, especially Floppy's bounce back. And I know we say his name all the time, but dude, like, oh my, the amount of multi-frags he got in that Mad Lion series was just like, is so, like, dude, he just handled them at Ancient. Like, dude just came from Valorant, he's playing Ancient, and he's literally just
3: destroying people at lane, you know, at the banana area. Floppy, might literally be better than he ever has been in CS right now. Yeah. (laughs) So, fun fact, I've actually been working with him for, like, this European run. Oh, a little bit before that yeah just like helping out doing like prep room stuff for them um Uh so it's been a nice little run they've been on but um yeah they've just super improved like jt calling like you said like he's much more like defaulty and like changing the pace and stuff like he's really good and like comfortable with Mm -hmm. all that stuff they're just so much better at defaults i feel like just more well-rounded with like and floppy and then think even like jt himself i feel like has improved his fragging in like the past year or so
1: compared to
0: you want to you want to speak on, on JT's, like, entry attempts? Because I always see it's, like, 30% or something crazy high. Uh, it's usually, like, not the highest success rate. But, like, what what is JT's role in the system in your eyes, Mix?
3: I think JT just kind of throws himself in a lot. Like, I don't... I think he knows. Like, he's very aware that, like, he's, like, overall a weaker fragger than, like, all of his teammates, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, he doesn't... He's not, like, insulted by that or anything. Like, we... We frequently, like, tell Johnny to, like, shoot his gun or something, like... But um, I don't know. I think he's just fine with like sacrificing himself a lot for like these executes or like if they're taking map control somewhere. He'll he'll usually like set up for Fing a lot of the time for like Fing to be the main aggressor. But like sometimes if they're just together, he'll just go first for him. Like he mm-hmm. just he just sacrifices himself a lot. I think he just views like it's just good for an IGL to like view your player like you playing is more of like something to use in your system, right? Than like it's hard to explain rather than like actually like just playing yourself like you're using yourself as like a chess piece for like what you're trying to accomplish overall right if that makes sense and i think jt kind of kind of commits to that a lot
0: that kind of seems kerrigan-esque in my eyes like kerrigan kind of throws himself at at situations also like he just kind of does whatever the team needs him and with the players that kerrigan has or jt has you know it's just it's just probably better if he runs in first um so yeah I wouldn't mind if, if if FaZe, just to just really, really briefly, if they just use Olaf with a Tech Nine only and then <laughs> just everybody else bait him, but um because he's not playing too well lately. But yeah, going back to Extra Salt, uh I mean like statistically speaking, like OC was the highest rated player at the ESL conference. Floppy was like up there also. Other than like it's weirdly, uh like Eternal Fire like came in second to last place at that thing but like they had three people in like almost the highest rated like i don't even know how that's possible in a double that sounds like that
3: sounds like the perfect way to describe like what i (laughs) feel that lineup (laughs) yeah like when they win maps it's just
0: like it's like 16-0 but when they lose maps it's like it's just the closest game but they just can't get over that hump you know like i guess that's what what happened to them i didn't i didn't admittedly i didn't catch the
3: games but uh it's just weird how they statistically ended up there. We also extra salt. We also played Mouse nxt today, in two of them like they decided to play yeah. like, the cup. I saw that on HL TV. I was actually uh, I actually caught a little, just like a
0: really brief amount of that, and I saw someone posted a highlight of OC just like just like oh, yeah, scoping just... somebody do somebody <laughs> without even seeing the scope at all. Like it's just yeah, OC's on another level right now individually. Um, how about how about this? What do you think? What do you think? Floppy? So Floppy, obviously, he left to play Valorant. He came back.
3: You think he's in the best form of his career. Like, why do you think he's even better now? I think it's just because we're a little over a year removed from the last time he played with, like, the South African C9. And, Mm -hmm. um, obviously a team he was, like, actually comfortable with. So, since then it's been the Colossus, which he was never comfortable in, because he was living in Serbia by himself. So, just, you got, like, a, a average version of floppy. And then he went to Valorant for a bit, and so I think just going through like these those like two experiences those two experiences kind of helps you as you like come back yeah. you feel fresh you feel motivated he's learned a lot since then he's still his aim is like still perfectly on point like he still has all the confidence in like wide swinging mm-hmm. so I feel like he's pretty much just still has like everything that made him really good before especially on like the previous South African c9 and it's just added like more experience and yeah. more like more like um mental like maturity and stuff to it mm-hmm
1: Okay. Yeah, he also okay.
2: took like a, a mental break as well after leaving Valorant. Like, for yeah, he month, started he playing he
0: Minecraft dumb. on
3: stream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw it. What we're, a Kind of similar, and that way, like, we kind of went to this like thing <laughs> we're both where similar. like Minecraft. Yeah. N- no, no, I'm saying because like we obviously both went to the Colossus, and then he went to like a small phase in Valorant, and then like took a break. I went to like the Nordovan thing, and then like I opted to like take a break right after it, um, just because I was so fucking burnt out. Yeah. So just following similar trajectories. Trajectories.
4: Does that mean okay. you'll also be announcing a, a joining of a salty team, or?
3: I mean, I could. You could announce as an analyst. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that can happen. Yeah. We'll yeah. Okay. That's well, hopefully. Of,
0: okay. I mean, I the hope, the hope that works out for you. future
2: is a mystery. A lot of things can happen. Okay. Mm. <laughs> it is. Let me hint at a move and then tell you.
3: That, <laughs> That's true. That, there's, there's also <laughs> an other announcement of an announcement. Could, there it is. There's also other things I could do. You think I'll be in CS, but I could do oh. something completely different is there
0: are there minecraft analysts out there is that is that a i'm sure there are yeah
3: it's yeah, called
4: rainbow six you know they're just smashing walls down <laughs> <right>. TNT and <laughs> stuff you know? yeah I could,
3: I could never get into the rainbow six as a, i don't know if it's, you guys ever watched it but yeah i, I
0: have it's, it's, it's very confusing
2: to me i've attempted to yeah yeah,
3: yeah uh yeah there might be there might be a future i've, I've attempted to play it as well it. and i i do not have the patience for that game like yeah. After like 20 seconds, <laughs> I'm trying to like knock down each door and I'm, I'm looking for <laughs> fights. So I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously. I just want to like, I just hate, I kind of hate strafing while like holding the, like a lean key, you know, kind of thing. It's a little. Yeah, I, I also go. have
4: a, a general detestment of aiming down sights in an FPS because I feel like the whole point of an FPS is that I have to shoot you in the head without like super crazy assists, like the scope just zooming mm. in. I, obviously, the op is a bit different, but like, it, you know, if you're, that's one of the reasons why like the, obviously the Krieg and the AUG were always called. Cod guns back in the day. is because, yeah. like, well, like you oh, you guys know, just that... have the scope. And at least you can hold it for, like, defensive posturing. But the fact that every gun has aiming down sights in some of these other games is, like, a massive turnoff for me.
3: Fuck that, dude. The op is exactly the same. It's a noob gun. <laughs> it's
4: tr- well, listen, I agree. But most people won't. I mean, the when A1S I'm S- is counter-strike, I remember it. just body it.
3: shot people, though. Yeah, the, the A1S
4: true. is even noob. That's you don't true.
0: even have to headshot. you just body shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, you know what? Let's, uh, let's just maybe go to the questions. If we have... I think there's a couple more roster things we could talk about, but let's just, let's just get to some of these questions here. So I'm going to put the chat actually, just to make this easier on myself. Um, Anyone that's like a sub, just boom, I made it in sub only mode for like, we'll do this for just a couple minutes and it's nothing against any of the non sub people, but let's just make this easier on us. So type a question if you have one. We'll answer the Patreon questions first. But yeah, if you're a sub, you are free to a question.
2: I like uh, I like how you put it in sub-only mode as if the chat was being flooded before. It wasn't. We were, like, it wasn't at all. But it's easy now. And we'd miss it. well, so you can't, just, you <laughs> can't break the really wall to... like that.
4: You can't break the fourth wall like that. No, come on. Like The people viewing this
2: afterwards on YouTube are like, holy shit, there must have been thousands of chatters.
0: Yeah, no, it's yeah. up only. Everybody's just spamming my emote. Okay, that's to the, cool. All right. To
2: the thousands watching on Twitch and the millions
3: watching on YouTube.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
3: This guys, is actually being put your broadcast hands live.
2: in the air. <laughs> Sorry,
3: guys, I need to say I need the chat to stop spamming because my laptop is getting really hot. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys, ask ask your question in the
0: chat. Okay. Uh, let's do the let's do the first patron question. Uh, we have two right now. The the first question is a team we haven't talked about and haven't, frankly, seen too much of lately, mm-hmm. and this one comes from Spruce Moose. He asks, what roster changes would you guys do to improve OG? I don't even know yeah let me look at the roster yeah, really i would quick. send Alexei at- b to
4: g2 i think that would improve og <laughs> and, no, that's obviously that's obviously just a rumored move uh, yeah, yeah I, the big tough part is that this question is asked and then like the uh g2 rumors start circulating and how there's the monazi right. deal potentially coming through depending on if navi can agree to some particulars with g2 there's the alexi b deal that might be happening which would be i think a pretty solid it's- like a solid move for g2 specifically but like what does og do in that situation
3: you know it's so weird, because even, like, not considering, like, say, like, the Alexi B doesn't get, like, poached or whatever, um whoever else, like, you still don't even know, like, what you do with the lineup exactly, because I don't... Yeah,
2: like, I don't think there's anyone on this team who I can immediately think that should be cut, and it's just... Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, I don't even know what to, what to possibly say to this lineup.
3: Because they're just, they're, like, a good team, they just haven't yes. broken through, but they're not, like, bad, you know, like... So they all they kind of just fly under the radar a lot. So it seems like overall, it's not really like one person just carrying all the time, and then like everyone else just not pulling their weight. Like they all seem to be like almost around like a similar level, Mm. which is also kind of a bad thing because I feel like Valde should have like higher than a 1.03 rating.
2: Yeah, I think what sucks for OG is that they aren't an EPL or a Blast partner, so they are not frequently invited. Like they, you don't see them frequently at either of those events.
3: They're not a EPL and? partner? No. Oh, I thought they were. They, no, they're a Blast that's... partner. They're a Blast partner. Are... OG? Yeah, OG are Blast partner. They're, they're at... for sure a Blast partner. Yeah. Because they they're... were at the original Blast, I remember, in 2020, like, when they started doing that. Oh,
2: okay, maybe, yeah. Okay, maybe they're a Blast partner. My bad. But they aren't an ESL partner, and so they aren't right. getting the automatic invites to those events. They are mm. getting the Blast invites, I guess. So they have, like, half the circuit as a chance to prove themselves, but obviously, like, ESL have well i guess more like a third of the it's circuit, like a quarter because, tiny yeah.
4: fraction yeah
2: People's, yeah so so we don't get to see as much of them at these events as we possibly could which sort of sucks for them because again like none of us can come up with a possible person to like really change i think that would make <sighs> sense because this it's, team is they're not bad we just don't see them enough so we can't really get an impression of them
0: so so it it, felt, it did feel like when when Nico first joined the roster, I saw some higher highs for him as an individual. And then I think when they when that kind of like Hunden drama stuff ha- started happening, it, it seemed kind of correlated with his performance that he started. He start, uh, I'll just I'll just put it out there yeah. for his first four events with OG. He had uh, above a 1.0 rating for three out of four of them and then there was this string of him in six events where he had under a 1.0 f- 5 of 6 you had under a 1.0 and i feel like it coincided with the kind of the, the timing of the Hunden behind the scenes like Isik investigation and and drama so i i think there's a possibility that like his performance was impacted by that i mean how kind of how could it not be the whole team. a little bit when that's, the whole team. when that's hanging over your head mm-hmm. yeah then they they've kind of spoken about that so it's if I'm judging based off of in like actually performance and in t- stripping away context, I'd probably take Nico out. I'd probably put in a different type of rifler. Um I just I just I don't know who I don't know who I would put in right now, but I'm trying to th- even think of like who's on the market like uh, okay, you uh, give me shocks, you know? Give me shocks or something yeah. like that. Like just just somebody out there uh that that would be kind of cool to see because I also think that it wouldn't. It wouldn't be bad if someone were to question Alexi B's IGLing style because, kind of like, kind of like some some yeah, individual like, players. You, I was you gonna say, say like
3: tendencies. After a while, I'm trying to think like if I have to take like two people out of this lineup, I am almost tempted. Like if I needed to like actually do something that might improve the team, yeah. Like I might literally just opt to go in a different direction than Alexi B and Rugga. You know the same mm-hmm. IGL coach duo they've had the past like year and a half. Yeah. It's like I I I don't think like just replacing Nico with shocks would like do much. It's like might make them a little bit better, but I feel like they I think it's just it's, a little less mistakes. Some yeah, less mistakes they'll just be like in the same spot for the most part. So I don't yeah. know. I really don't know what outside you can do what you can do outside of like changing out a Lexi B and just trying something else like that. Yeah. Uh, if he goes to G two, maybe it could be a blessing for OG, like get something different in. Yeah, there is but that they,
4: point. <sighs> The, the thing is like either you change the leadership so that this team can get a brand new direction or you don't change anything and you keep it the, to the point about like the whole Hunden drama uh, sort of hanging over this team. I mean, there were serious implications in the interview that Richard Lewis did with one of the like main guys at OG. Um, there were serious implications that they thought maybe Nico would be banned by Isik and they would need right. to replace him with somebody else. And that is one, if the organization are concerned about that, they probably have to inform the team about that. Even if they don't inform the team, about that the team are going to be reading all of the stuff on HLTV they're going to be looking at all the news and all the takes that's 100% going to like work against them and in, in an effort to maintain some sort of stability so i think that's a huge hit to them in general and that does mean that they uh probably didn't deliver nearly what they should have in air quotes for the like caliber of roster like they've got players like Valde on the team this is a team that should be able to go places so i think now that that's blown over and is no longer a concern we might see something different out of og the only reason why I would even say maybe change out Alexa B is because the rumors are that he's going to be going to G2 anyway, or at least that they're in talks. So if that's even on the table, then maybe Alexa B isn't as invested in this project. It is G2 second place at the major. It makes sense for him to move there if he wants another shot at like, you know, 100% guaranteed tier one competition, whereas obviously OG hasn't been able to do that because of the partner league stuff that we talked about earlier. So there's a lot of sense made in either angle you take, but I can't really argue for removing anybody else, right? Because
0: there's nobody I to replace
3: you know what roster change I do to improve OG? Okay. Fuck oh, all
0: I know the players. Actually I know what, what I would do now.
1: Just get yeah, rid of Rugga
3: and bring in X Taz. Hmm.
0: Uh, okay. If you can That's speak a... enough. I actually think that'd be kinda cool to see him try to challenge Alexi B on some of his calls. I I actually I actually thought of this just now. I would actually want um Alexi B out and just give me MSL at this point. Actually, I I think that I, I'm actually one of the people that's like probably lowest on MSL. But I think that some of the like, the way Alexi B calls on T side now is just like very figured out. Um, I usually try to do this when I'm like casting or on a desk. I'll try to highlight it like OG have a very specific style. That's almost like the opposite of Navi on T side, where it's like whereas Navi will try to do two things at once. A lot of the time on their T sides. like OG are like the most like we're going to be an amorphous blob that just kind of moves around the map together and it kind of allows teams to flank them very often and it allows like people like they don't even use lurkers most of the time so like teams never have to like they can early rotate if they know an og hit is happening they just they just immediately rotate to the what's happening on the map uh i think i think B is kind of getting figured out because he kind of has always really been part of that like Let's just move as a group and try to trade off of each other's style. And I think it's to a point where teams now can kind of cheat a little bit against them. And cheat, cheat, not like, not like Hunden. But I mean, cheat, like, <laughs> they'll, like, move across the map earlier than they would against other teams that keep them honest with a lurker. Yeah. So let's, uh, so th- so yeah, I, I would just want to see a different style for them completely, change up their T-sides. You know, uh, it's not like Alexi B is, he's probably, he's probably a little bit better individually than M- MSL, but if you get a, you know, 7% increase win rate on T side I think that makes up for for everything so
3: that's yeah. that's probably I mean, there's my, a world where yeah. like I think Alexi B could like go to G2 and like improve them and also I myself can go to OG and improve them as well it's yeah. like yeah. I'm almost at a point where I feel like Alexi B just needs to go like either like get a different coach or just go somewhere else and you know
1: yeah I wouldn't
0: I wouldn't mind a mix an IGL uh mix and mash kind of thing um but I think I think we did that question justice Let's do the the next Patreon questions from Bill, a longtime sub, uh, says. So since people are saying Navi are close to an era, how many eras would you guys say exist in CS:GO? Most people say three with NIP, Fnatic, and Astralis. Would any would anyone still argue that the SK Luminosity era was one?
4: Well, the only reason why they even have a claim is because they won two majors, right? So yeah, they, they didn't, didn't really do much. too hot outside of majors. And if you really, you really value majors yeah. like top top tier, then I can see why people would argue. Or if you just happen to have a Brazilian flag on HLTV, then maybe, maybe then you also argue for it. But for the most part, like I don't see much of an argument for them in the same way that like you stack up the accomplishments of everybody else. It doesn't feel like it. People will naysay about NIP just because they were at the beginning of the game before the competition really kicked off. Right. But Still, you can only beat the. Yeah, I'll, the,
3: I'll still always argue that's an era. <laughs> that's an era. Yeah. that's yeah. an era. That just is. No it, it else be mean, just because it has to be, just because doesn't mean it's yeah. not. Like, yeah, you know, it, like, it
4: yeah. has to be. Like, that's the only naysayer argument I've ever heard against Nip, and even then, it's not like this isn't an era. It's more like this era doesn't matter as much as the other eras, but like they like, still. I don't
3: admit that it's an era, right? Yeah, I, I still, like, even if it's like early in the game, going eighty-seven and zero is still very v- fucking difficult. Like,
1: on maps, maps? Yeah, yeah, on maps, like that's still yeah.
3: insane. Even if it's early in the game, like. It's not like they were literally playing against, like, DMGs. Like, they're still playing against other good players, like, plenty uh, of, like, pros and
0: stuff. So when I look back at a lot of those games and the interviews around them, it it seemed like the one thing that did give NIP a big boost uh, against a lot of those teams was that early on in the game, they were were the first adopters. So they had something like, uh, like, whereas a lot of people that they were playing against had, like, only 900 hours in the game. Like the NIP players like had 1700 hours in the game. And, uh, I think the lease was probably on like, uh, maybe fifth Lauren and exist. And they were like still at like 1200 hours in the game. Whereas, so they were, they had like, if you want to just think percentage wise, like a 30, 30 to even a hundred percent boost in like experience playing in counter-strike global offensive versus everybody, uh, but so like that kind of that obviously gives you a leg up but that's just like saying well simple has like <laughs> simple has the most hours probably of anybody but it's like we we praise him for that we're not going to say that's that invalidates his uh his accomplishments uh the fanatic one um what do you guys what do you guys, it was like the fanatic era was i think people will like definitely agree with that i i don't know if like like how i don't know how like they won a lot in like the post Nip era like 13, 14, probably early 15. But it wasn't like, I guess they won a few in a row at times. I think they like,
2: definitely had an era for how yeah. many tournaments they won in a row. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. They won, they won like a lot. And
3: they won, d- how many majors they won? to? They won. Okay. They won back to back majors. majors also. Yes. They, yeah. they were in the finals. No. They were in the finals. Cologne. That was like the first event with like that lineup, 2014. And then obviously the whole LDLC shit. Yeah, and then like twenty fifteen, they really like hit their stride and everything kind of came into play for them. Yeah, up until the, like the until like the third of, major of the year,
2: it was just the length of their results that yeah. established their their position. I think you guys are well, forgetting the the crucial uh, Cloud Nine Summer twenty fifteen <laughs> era. Uh, <laughs> true. Yeah,
0: shortest shortest era in history, right? Yeah, That's not the only era without winning an event. Yeah. <laughs> A string of second place finishes, yeah, um, not bad. That was uh, a big deal. Silver medalists, field. you know. Yeah, the silver era, <laughs> the yeah. silver, the silver in NA more, era. In more
4: ways than one, perhaps, but I,
0: I don't think I would put so so. Actually, to get to to uh, Bill's question about yes. the SK luminosity thing, I don't think I could give them an era because I think they won like so they won Columbus, and that was a huge shocker. And it was like after they did come in second place in a couple tournaments prior to that uh, like, I think, yeah, Katowice, they came in second right before that, so it was kind of like, going into that event, they were like, you know, one of the better teams, like, people knew they were one of the better teams, but I don't think people really pegged them as, like, favorites, uh, unless they were, like, really homers for them, and, uh, and then between that major, a- between Columbus and Cologne, they actually did win two more events, they won, uh, well, not not really, they, they like, won Pro League NA, and then they won Pro League... They won the Pro League Season 3 Finals, which are pretty pretty legit uh, like placings overall, and they came in second place at ECS Season 1, and they came in uh, second place at SEVO Pro League Season 9. So... How many <sighs> events did they
3: win besides the Major? Just one?
0: Two. Well, I don't know if you count the NA. The NA event is online. No, so only, really. only like, oh, so yeah, only online. like the
3: LAN. Yeah. So pretty much just won. Looking I at guess. Fnatic, they won. So between like the two lot. majors, they won. Yeah, they, they won, won four events. Yeah,
0: they won a lot of events. Then so, uh, well, if you look at like a tier events, I guess they also won a DreamHack Open. No,
3: that doesn't really. Count. I don't know. I just kind of look at like 2016 was like SK's year. I don't think you, anyone would argue that. It mm-hmm. but... yeah, was their year, but I don't think it was
2: an era. Yeah, the the real fuzzy question
4: is like what constitutes an era versus just being the team to beat for, you know, entire calendar year, right? And I think that's a big part of it too, is like, did you have like a proper challenger? Um, You know, so I I don't, I'm not too hot on either answer to the SK Luminosity question. It just feels to me that they, they fizzled out too early without getting another number one win. And I know that they did place highly in some tournaments after they had started to drop off, but that drop off is not, commensurate with having an era the way that the other eras that we've commonly accepted are. Like, yes, yeah, Astralis yeah. went back and forth, but by the time they had gone down, we most people had just said that's sort of the end of their era. And then they came back for a brief period of time, which maybe wasn't so brief in retrospect, but they came back for a brief period of time. People were like, oh, they're still a top team. But at that point, I think that you could argue their era had already faded. You can't even really say that with the SK guys because they didn't go back to like world beater number one form really ever after their era quote-unquote in our quotes ended right i'm
3: gonna i'm gonna be honest i think if there's one thing i'm like really sick of talking about in cs it's errors (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think my least favorite conversation is like what is an era you
1: know And then having to hear that it is also
2: getting like a little bit too repetitive in terms of like the way navi are playing right now and everybody talking about it It yeah it's a bit too much yeah so yeah i can understand that
0: okay i don't think i'll just just answer the the question flat out i don't think there's any other eras uh not and to be keen on the navi angle of it navi would be in their era if their results early in the year weren't online so they, well, i mean
2: they... I, I think like even simple said at the end of uh blasts that they need at least one more tournament win for it to even be considered close yeah to era.
0: yeah back to back to back events would be a real uh that'd be a real no no no. he
2: he specifically said that winning three events in a row is not actually an era and it's like he said like oh yeah so many teams have won three events in a row he'd rather like well they won cologne oh so he's not counting pro league because there's online yeah he said especially events exactly
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure sure
4: well he's not going to be at another arena for a while though so i wonder how that'll factor into you know the navi angle storyline
0: well, I think the I think the world finals, even if it's in a studio, if they win that, it's still like on that tier of of competition that you're facing. So um, that that would probably I think that would count in my yeah that would count
2: in my eyes. If it's a studio event, then yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, because because like what Katavita was not it had to be a studio event for part of it, and that still was like a huge victory in that, that sense. That was when um, they
4: were supposed to kick off the Na'Vi era, if you remember from all the exit interviews. They were like, yes, yeah. now we can have a real shot at establishing an era if we win more tournaments, and then online. <laughs> and then yeah. the world ended.
0: Okay, Tw- Twitch question here from no Paul, who subbed up. Is there a non-Brazilian team Cold Zera could improve? Wow. Hmm. Non-Brazilian team.
2: To be honest, I'm not very high on Cold Zera in terms of stocks yeah after the last two years like i don't know what exactly he could uh the problem with cold is that he has like very set positions and a very set style he wants to play which makes it hard to just plug him into a random team like it would have yeah. to be very after much, a, like
4: yeah it would have to be I after feel like part just, of a rebuild just, essentially yeah.
3: on listen i'm an armchair psychologist but it kind of seems like he thinks very highly of himself and like the teams he should be playing for and what he should be doing on the teams uh, like, Brazil I
2: am not saying these words um
3: you can say s attack to told you these things man do Mix, not come to my Twitter I don't give a fuck. listen Colting is <laughs> highly of himself I don't know what team he even fits into at the moment um it just seems like he kind of comes in and is a bit of a, a team wrecker um like I don't know <laughs> well like, he, he what times I've even like have even meshed with him over the past like three years like yeah it, Fa- it just FaZe had it just trouble seems, with him too yeah like it just seems yeah. like I don't know. It seems like his his ego is a bit too big for where he's at in the scene at the moment, in terms of what he needs the teams he could join. I think it just affects his mentality, too, coming into the scene. I don't think he approaches it the best way.
2: Maybe he could join, like, an NIP or something, and secondary call for them. Mm. Like, Uh, if they were to speak English. uh,
1: But, like, even then, it's not a good...
2: But here's the thing, like, there's no good moves for him right now. That's the thing. Like, that's not even a move I like. that's I not even a move yeah. I like. I'm just looking at the top top thirty world ranks. and I'm like, okay, this could happen. Like, it's not a good move, but out of I any team, know, like, like, oh, you, know, you like,
0: could, oh, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate if you were on Movistar Riders. I wouldn't hate it if they're all coming Spanish, because, though? dude. Because Movie, I mean, Movistar are okay right now, but I think they, uh, kind of they had like a recent string of overperforming, but like basically with Movistar, I know this about them that basically like. Mopaz, pretty good lurker player. Sun Payas, you know, solid aggressive opera. And then like, I don't really like love anybody on the team personally. So if you just kick one of uh, the other three, it's like I'm okay with, I'm okay with it. I'll I would I'll, I would entertain it. I would entertain it. Do I think they're gonna? And, and right now they're ranked 18th in the world. Do I think they could get to 15th? Yeah, yeah. With cold, like, like
3: you know, a couple string of results wouldn't. I like, heard- wouldn't hurt i think at the moment cold is like expecting to like jump on to like one of the top tier orgs and be like a star player for them yeah i think those offers to get and i don't think he's gonna that's like, not happening yeah Old
2: just has to build like his own brazilian lineup i think with a with a new org and help bring up talent at this point i don't think he's gonna he's just not in a position to do to like join a top 30 team or something and there like, was a
3: i'm oh, sorry go
2: ahead i just didn't see i just don't see it happening right now like maybe he could try and elevate his stock over over the next year and then make the jump up but i i don't know i don't think it'll happen immediately also i withdraw my nip co- comment because uh now na- in night owl god uh leet in chat has made a very good point which is uh, he made device cry in the past, and it makes it so he definitely can't join. The NIP. <laughs> Blacklisted, blocked. Um, yeah, okay. I don't see. know. I, I feel like the the question's conceit is
4: it has to be a team that's not Brazilian. I'm not even really that convinced that Cold Zero <laughs> could improve a Brazilian
2: team. So, well, yeah, true. Like Fair
4: you'd point. have to go down to like tier three, basically, or like double O nation zero zero wins
0: zero zero
3: prospects
0: <laughs> why <laughs> is that their team
4: too... has anybody josh you know people in the x nord event camp what happened man where are they do they i don't know
3: they really they should have come to me for these things yeah <laughs> yeah they should have you should have stuck around to just tell them that name doesn't make sense or okay. it, was, it makes perfect was, by sense the way, that's the problem there was a uh, one question we we missed that was from a sub which was yeah yeah i, maybe, I see it the fanatic question yeah i see i see
0: the, yeah, the Gibby G said, "Where is the peak for Fnatic?" Uh, I mean, I think they just are going to steadily improve. Honestly, yeah. I think, that I think the, they'll. Yeah. I think
3: they'll reach top ten for sure.
2: Okay, I That's have a better. Mind. I have a more quantifiable question. Where do you okay. think Fnatic, Fnatic place at IEM Winter?
1: Ooh. Mm, okay. First. All right, all right. Wait, well, who are, who's
4: going? Let me see. <laughs> Everybody.
0: Something. Everybody's pretty much going except for yep. NaVi.
2: Oh yeah, first. I actually see them being able to upset Gambit. To uh, be so the
0: first round, so I the first round, it. they're against Gambit. Now they're, I mean, maybe Gambit are onliners. Fnatic
4: own them. Ents destroy VP because Ents are not onliners, even though they are. So then wow, Fnatic defeat bracket. Ents. and then oh, yeah, this is rough. They probably go up against Heroic. They own them. I, I they think upper Fnatic can, They I think don't Fnatic drop them out.
3: Definitely got in this bracket. Yeah, I, yeah think I, get think get well. I, I think they can too. I think they can too. I didn't realize how. How kind of weak
0: it felt, you know, <laughs> like in yeah. a way. Like, I i think the other, I almost feel like the other side is so much harder. Group A is so much harder. What the hell? Like, there's a couple of really weak teams. Like, you'd say Tai Lu would be there and uh maybe Mao's, but then, like, NIP the as other well. team there is so good. I, I think NIP would probably beat Fnatic. No, uh, even no, even way. no. The thing is, we see them have these bad T sides against the best competition in the world, and no. Fnatic are not, they're just not, not the best in the are world. Are you sure you about that? Have Fnatic? you seen
4: Alex's calling, bro? Like, he doesn't even matter how many T sides you get on an NIP side, Alex will destroy you on T sides. He's mm. destroyed teams on T tea sides. So, I've been watching some of their games. I was supposed okay. to cast, I actually
2: do think this Fnatic can make a pretty Pretty good impact at this event, no. and also just like to answer the original question, I can see them being like the top ten again sometime next year. Like I think in, yeah. in the first six months of next year for sure.
0: Yeah, I think with uh, I'd
3: say top seven. I'd go as far as to say top seven. They could get top seven. Uh, top seven. I mean, this team. Yeah. I mean, this team genuinely has like the talent on it to be like a top team in the scene. Uh, it just depends on whether they keep developing in that direction. But yeah. I think I think they literally have a lineup that. Can definitely like keep growing together and reach like top five like elite levels. I think they have the the talent for that. I don't know about top five with this roster. I think they could. I, I mean, think yeah. I think it's so yeah. solid like Brolin, Crims, fucking Mezy. Uh,
1: when you
2: say when you say something like top five, the amount of time it would take for them to climb there, you're gonna have teams like the new Vitality, the new Astralis, like very much established in terms of their their yeah, like, better than
3: Vitality. No, okay. <laughs> oh, bold no. prediction. Okay, he mix. said it. He this said it. Listen, listen. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna make a bold prediction right now. All right, is the number Fnatic gonna keep next growing? Next year is going to be a better team than Vitality. Next year. Oh, next
4: year. That's actually. An, I'll take that bet too. How about you I'll do jump the first on, six I'm on of next year? The first six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's harder. Six months. Because I don't know if they're gonna do roster swaps. I don't know if they're gonna do roster swaps. Vitality well, will 100% think, change rosters in a year. So that's why I'm betting on Fnatic being better.
0: Wow. Well, it will I,
4: 100%? Oh, yeah. Well, this so. roster doesn't work out the way that they want it to in the opening. I still think it'll work better than people are suspecting maybe. Like there are some doubters and I'm one of them. But I don't. I don't think their problems are coming in the first six months. I think they're coming further down the line. And you'll see Apex out of the roster. He's my bet to go. The Danish trio okay. is too hard to, to upset. They have the coach who's like the management guy now, right? He's sort of a bridge between team and management. And I know Vitality's roots have always been French, but they're, I, I really think Apex is going to have... He's going to bu- bump up against Magus who wants to do some of his own calling and he's going to probably be the secondary color there's going to be the language issues and then they'll say you know what apex man if you looked like glaive this would be a much better lineup and you know what masuda if you looked like who am i missing De- no, no, uh, device you'd be so much better
2: Zaiwu, you can stay though it's fine <laughs> so. it'd be ownership posting happening
3: uh, at the moment yeah, yeah. yeah. Wu, if you look uh, like the devi- wait no actually n- no I'm actually I'm actually stay stay, stay stay the way yeah, you are this. stay the way you are dude <laughs> Zaiwu. You're not involved in this. <laughs> Everyone else? Yeah, imagine right, the let's... old
4: Astralis lineup that was obviously like the era defining one. And instead of <laughs> of device you have Zaiwoo. Like that uh, even, possible. Possible.
0: Let's let's go let's go let's go to Yumi's question. Do you think that the major metric, so basically like defining eras based off of how many majors you win is broken, given we've moved from three majors per year early on to one per year, if even that. Um Like, I I feel like both, like, kind of, kind, like, for the nuanced answer, kind of broken, because you would say, like, X player has won so many majors, but then, like, (sighs) so, like, early on, early on, yeah, it was a little weird. It was a little weird with the majors, because you, you would basically, like, see just so many going on and it's almost like who could win in the first like couple years it kind of felt like oh if this team is just like feeling it this this tournament they could win it you know but I still think that the importance of those events was so grand that it kind of to me showed which teams were the best and could also handle their nerve on land and when people kind of talk about like the difference between land LAN on online you know it's it's nerves the major is always going was always going to instill that sense of like just paramount importance to everybody that they would be sh- be shook a little bit more to their core so much so that if if you're not holding your own in those moments if you're if you're like kadian and you choke in elimination games like then you're it's like you're you're never gonna have a major even if the there's more of them so i think they're really important for designating like nowadays like if it's two a year i think they're incredibly important. But it has shifted a little bit.
4: If there's one every two years, then they become even more important. So.
0: Oh, that's crazy. That would just be almost. That would be just like too long. That's just like what the hell is going on there? Too long, yeah. Yeah.
4: It might be. We don't. We would never know, but you know, might be
1: too long.
0: Yeah, but like, but so I'll I'll like (laughs) kind of contrast it with something where it's like. like, e- still keeping it within eSports, like, for TI, OG won back-to-back TIs, but in the time between TIs, they didn't really do shit, so, like, nobody would really say that's an era for them, that they won the two TIs, like, even though they won back-to-back TIs, and they're now, like, the most the most winningest players in eSports history, in terms of prize earnings, by a, a large margin, you still wouldn't say, like, this was the OG era, uh, but, like, in... In real sports, it's like by seasons, and seasons kind of like have a. Sh- it's kind of just different because the you're playing for like eight months out of the year for most sports. If you go all the way to the playoffs and you have these nice breaks, and then you can reset. Well, it's a lot um, different between yeah. that
3: and like because in like Dota and CS, you're playing like event to event rather than playing like one continuous season. season.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't really Dota compare s- it with uh with real sports. You can't. You kind of. It's can't. more like
3: it's more like tennis like however you mm, define sure. that shit in yeah. tennis whoever wins a major or whatever i don't yeah i don't know like how that i don't watch tennis though so, but i don't know the the circuit it's a, it's a similar yeah,
4: kind know. of circuit in general like yeah. you can make I, it vague I think allegories
3: for me
2: the the idea is that now that we have events like cologne and cataviche that are separate from the major circuit that are also 24 team events with a million dollar prize money i think that Yes, majors have their own level of prestige, and they're important for establishing something like an era. I don't think they're the necessarily the be-all end-all if a team is dominant enough to run through and win enough events in a span of time. Like, yes, winning a major is like it's a large component of establishing an era, I would say. But if you have no majors to play in because there aren't any being put on. Uh, then obviously you can really only win what's in front of you in that sense. Mm-hmm. But even so, I think even if there's one major year, you can still establish an era over that time. Like, for example, Na'Vi are on route to doing it now, and the fact that there are fewer than there used to be isn't necessarily like a knock on it because there are so many other events of high-caliber competition that you can compete in now. Yeah. That sort of make up for that like lack of frequency.
4: Yeah. I would agree with that. I I just think in general when you're looking at something like a like the majors and comparing those to other tournaments The only reason why majors are held in high esteem is because they're held in high esteem. Like the reputation of the major hasn't caught up or rather the reputation of a major event or a major level event hasn't gotten attached to some of these other big name tournaments that in many respects are just as hard to defeat opponents within just as a major is, right? So they're just as hard to conquer. Uh, They just happen to not have the same gravitas because they're not called a major, which feels kind of arbitrary, but that's just how it is because of the way that the scene developed. So I think the biggest issue is that the pressure isn't on the same way when you're not at a major. Uh, however, other everything else is identical for me. Like everything else is just as good. Sometimes the production's even better. Like we saw with this blast event, which wasn't even a 24 team event anyway, but like, you know, still similar corollary you can make. So yeah, I just feel like there's, uh, there's a lot that you could say about the major metric. I just generally don't feel like, especially since you don't have as many opportunities to get into a major these days. Um, it feels a bit weird to rely on those so heavily. And even then, I mean, for the Navi case, we don't have to wonder cause they won the major. So if they do go on to establish the error in the next couple of events, nobody's going to hold that question mark over their head. But at the same time, if they hadn't, you know, if they had played second and G2 somehow upset them, it would be kind of a, a, sh- a shoddy sort of black mark, but it, the, the favorite almost never wins the major. So like that's, that was a, already a surprise as it, as it stands. I think they still could have had it even if they hadn't done that.
0: Yeah. i say to sum it up like CS:GO majors to me just feel more like a really grand tournament as opposed to an indicator necessarily of uh like pure pure like long-term success because it's just like a it's just a tournament like any other like in some in a lot of respects whereas yeah like a Katowice or Cologne is also or even a Blast World Finals to to a degree is just like w- like wow that it kind of blows you away with how much it takes to, to come out on top in those, uh, just like a Major. Uh, I'll move to the, the last sub-question we have, which is Blender of Death. Uh, my sub-question is, what is everyone's predictions if slash win Maus NXT will overtake Maus in HLTV rankings? And if that happens, what will they do with the two teams? I... Um, fee-
2: <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go I was just going to say, as soon as Robs joins another team... <laughs> Yeah. which will, because it's going to take their HLTV points regardless
0: yeah, I'll just I'll say like, because I'm, I like follow it a lot really closely, because especially since I'm watching Maus at these academy league games uh, and I kind of like a lot of the players on the team mm-hmm. I think Maus have kind of indicated to me already that they're not going to do anything like they're not, they're not trying to like find the best roster like if they were trying to find the best roster they already would have switched players uh, on these yep. teams, so That's not, that's not like, they're not they're not doing that. They're just holding everybody in, in the state that they're in right now. And if Mouse NXT pass Mouse, I don't think, I almost feel like nothing's going to happen at all. Like, I don't, I just think nothing's going to happen other than the fact that ROPS and, and maybe even Frozen are going to be like more and more disgruntled over time. Cause like, they're the two in my eyes that just deserve better than what this roster is giving them right now. And whether Maus take from other teams to improve their own, which seems unlikely given the orcs history, or they just leave and they join other rosters, I don't think that it's gonna be like like Ma- like a slow integration, uh, which you would ideally want from an academy team and a proper team where
3: what do like, you uh, put the best five together. What do you think about like because I don't really follow Maus, I feel like as closely. Like Dexter, especially. I feel like I don't know what the consensus is on like Dexter. I think it's kind of poor like his, his IGLing kind of, and his play it's kind of poor it's kind of I have not
0: been
4: impressed watching it yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's actually a little bit I think it's a little more structured than Hampus is calling <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's not really that hard is it uh I, it's it's really default centric um I think that in the beginning of it uh it was really bad and then when they with, with what I saw at flashpoint 3 the peak of it was just that Everybody just takes the right proper initiative on their own. No one knows where the first kill's coming from, and everybody's just trying their best to like, uh, just just make something out of nothing. And then mid round, like it's it's really like it doesn't really feel like a plan is ever happening in these rounds. It feels almost like a very Swedish style of calling of just defaulting and playing with feeling. Gotcha. So yeah that's uh, that's my take on what's gonna happen with Mouse. I don't think, I don't think anything's gonna happen uh, except for they're gonna slowly sell their players and then I, I you know what maybe maybe this this is my, my boldest prediction for that is that they just flat out drop the entire Maus regular roster and Mouse NXT just becomes the new uh, the new proper roster Kind of kind of gambit yumixster's s where they just promote promote them V by way. The, the, the only thing that would stop this from happening is that they have a spot in the we play Academy League. And that actually is, like, kind of a buy-in thing. Like, they... I think... I think... I don't know if... It's not, like, Flashpoint where it's, like, $2 million buy-in or something like that. But I know that the Academy... Like, the orgs that are in the Academy League are kind of, like, part owners of it. And they decide a lot of what's happening in it. And I think, like, they're the ones paying my day rate, for example. Like, they're... So they're... They have a stake in it, and so I don't. I almost feel like if Mao's NXT get promoted to become the real roster, then the the new Mao's Academy roster is going to be just some new five man lineup that they'll put together, or, uh, or they or they just flat out just keep calling them Mao's NXT while the Mao's <laughs> main roster is just dead. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I guess it would be really weird if the Mao's main roster didn't end up going anywhere, and that NXT lineup replaces them at events, but also still plays the Academy League, <laughs> like and sunday's match is against uh, navi jr but monday's match is against astralis <laughs> it's like, <what> the fuck? <laughs> where are you guys what is going on here
0: yeah there needs to be a rule that you have to have a main roster to have an academy roster <laughs> but like yeah i don't know what's gonna i don't know what's gonna happen actually because i think mouse nxt i think mouse nxt will just pass mouse uh within a because look at look at the result look at so let's actually let's just pivot to, to i am winter and some of our predictions i i have one way i want to structure this discussion but to keep it on mouse for to finish out to finish this out like they're gonna start by playing vitality and then they're gonna play another loser and one of those losers is gonna be og or liquid nip or astralis or g2 or Lu if they get Lu they could lose that <laughs> <laughs> they yes. Lose that? They and every other team's just better. Lose
4: that, yeah. Well, they the they other really thing, people,
0: nobody's been watching Tai
4: at all. Nobody's been following it. I think it is kind of funny that there's a rematch of the famous uh Starry One v Five versus G Two. Oh yeah, up. the yeah the blast, thing, the blast yeah. one, yeah, where the they they almost one, got two would By the way, if you ever go back yeah. and watch that one. Um, mm-hmm. so that was a good bit, but, uh, yeah, there's a rematch of that coming up. That'll be an interesting matchup. gives a little bit of spice to something that otherwise you wouldn't care about at all. The, the Lu guys, and also the Lin vision guys for that matter have been, uh, you know, they've been, they've both been doing stuff. They've both been actually grinding away at like the tier two, maybe even tier three, if you're not feeling too generous, uh, European circuit. So you're Ooh. actually seeing a ton of Chinese sort of action happening there because of this extended stay. And I think that's really interesting just because you're going to, we're going to be able to take a look at how they've shaped up. So yeah, I don't think they'll, I don't think Tyloo will defeat G uh, G2, but I do think tai Lu will uh, probably defeat Mao's if they, uh, if they match oh, wow. up.
0: Yeah. Tai Tyloo tai just uh, lost to Skade who are ranked 31st in the world and, but both of the games are in overtime. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And that's I think these really
4: opening impressive. matches, by the way, are best of one, if I remember reading yes, correctly. Yes, that's correct. So, oh, I mean, sick. even then, you could get a G2 <laughs> You could get a G two upset. I, I don't think oh, it's sh- very likely. Yeah.
0: Mouse but... can win that.
3: Mouse might beat Vitality. No, they're not going to beat Vitality.
2: I think Mouse just goes out last place. In
0: this they could. The
3: because, yeah. yeah, if Mouse loses, they have to play Nipper So Yeah. Oh, that's how it goes? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Just,
0: they're just... Sorry. Sorry. They're just done. They're yeah, just yeah. yeah that's
3: the mean. bracket. They play The bracket doesn't flip until
2: the second round of the... Okay. Okay.
3: No, so um, they
0: better
2: win. <laughs> oh, Jimmy yeah! is saying LinVision isn't today I am Winter Star is on LinVision.
4: Yeah, yeah, I was cl- oh, I was yeah. trying to say that like it's a sp- it's sort of oh, like the big br- oh, start-
1: if you guys re- there's oh, actually okay. a really
4: old meme where Draken I think tweeted yeah. this out where he was like owning a bunch of the the up and coming CIS squads at like one of the old major qualifiers and then Navi sure. owned them. And, yeah. and he and he- <laughs> <laughs> and he was, like, "What? Well, getting owned by CIS, like, clowned on on Twitter. And some, there was a good point that I don't know who made. But it was, like, it, it, it's like if you, you beat up somebody's cousin. And that, then that old first cousin comes in and you beat him up, too. And then they get their professional MMA fighter to come in and destroy you. And you're, like, ha, ah, you lost to that guy. It's, like, well, it, losing to Na'vi is not the same thing as losing to, like, semen gaming, bro. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so that was pretty good.
3: I want to ask about this winter bracket, right? So, if sure. they both lose their first matches, who's winning in the BO3, GodSend or Big? <laughs> oh, my oh, that's godsend, pretty tough, actually. Probably GodSend. I
0: think GodSend. Yeah,
2: I would pick GodSend over Big. Yeah, they, think, they're, think, they're fresh off of an ESL
4: conference qualification themselves, right? So...
0: Yeah, they they Feeling just went good? through... They beat... Who did they beat? They beat Sprout. I don't know. The, 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 the wins they have feel, like, not that impressive to me, though. Yes. Like, they beat Sprout, LDLC, Endpoint. Wizla Krakow, um, and they basically lost to nearly every team in recent memory that they're supposed to lose to. I think Big is gonna take it. I think Big will win that. I'll, so, I'll be the one, the one big okay. truther.
4: The counterpoint here is that basically godsend to me are like the, there's these teams that show up where they're perennial, always defeating teams uh, below them and always losing the teams above them, right? They're always like exactly that Mm -hmm. way. They never upset, but they also never get upset on. And that feels like godsend to me, although I'm sure they've been upset on before, but it just feels like they're always like the gatekeepers, right? If big sure. lose to godsend, that means that officially we can say that big is a tier three or two and a half team <laughs> or whatever, you know, like two they've, team, they've yeah. officially gone down because now they're worse than godsend. That's all I'm saying. Uh,
0: I never, I personally never rate godsend that highly. I was surprised when they, uh, did anything at the major at all, yeah. I guess.
3: I, I don't know. I I guess ooh, they wait. took
4: a map off of the, the dead Astralis lineup at the time, but. but we
3: got some breaking news. You want to talk about it? Oh, what is it? What's new? Peacemaker isn't, uh, at Cole anymore. Oh. So I guess that means the Brazilian they're lineup just, isn't going there. They're just yeah. Okay, that's yeah, yeah that's probably yeah. that's probably what it is. Um Yeah, do we, have we depends. heard
4: anything about complexity?
3: That's the only thing I we'd like the only rumors I'd heard was like that Brazilian lineup going there, but now Cold isn't a part of it and Peacemaker just left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> I, yeah, where, where do you see this? What? 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 Do you see this on it's on Twitter. Like, it's on Twitter, yeah. It's someday, on Twitter. Or... Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I went on HLTV immediately, and the first thread was. I Hawaii. have to write.
2: I have to write the posts.
0: fuck it, major. Uh, okay, okay,
2: yeah, we're we're kind of taking we're kind of taking
0: it. This is taking longer than I thought, so I want to simplify and uh, still make interesting the IEM Winter discussion. What is every? Let's just go through this. Like everybody, go through what their what they think is like a hot take about where this one is going well how about how about first we'll do this who do we think is going to win the event and then we'll get into this so that so that'll like spur a little bit of uh some thought into it who do you think is who you guys think is winning i am
3: winter fanatic That's such a tough choice fanatic okay i'll just
4: say it whatever i mean i think they'll go i think they'll actually make top six um which you, you had said top seven at this event maui i'll say i'll take it one step further but if i'm gonna pick a dark horse They're the ones that are recently on form against some teams that are in the similar Uh, bracket. They're not going to have been studied in the same way, right? I
0: put top seven for like where I think their peak is on HLTV rankings in like six months. So wait, what would you say? What
4: would you say Fnatic place at this
1: event? then? So
0: I I, I think actually the bracket looks really favorable for Fnatic in so so much that they can. I mean, the thing is, they should just lose to Gambit, honestly. They should just lose to Gambit and then they have to battle through the lower bracket. And I think that's the hardest part about this. But because it's a Bo1 and they could upset Gambit there, I think that if they beat Gambit, they're pretty much a guaranteed top six. Actually, uh, they have such a strong chance of making it, and then uh, so. I'll, but I don't think they're going to go too much farther than that. Like I think six, six, like Fnatic should be really happy if they make it to the playoffs through this bracket.
4: I think not only will they, I think they'll actually make it through the upper bracket. That's my bold prediction. I don't, I can't really say that they'll win, but I did want to say Fnatic just because. Smooth. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: I just I don't like any of these teams like to win. Yeah, like really. one of them has to win. <laughs> right,
4: because <laughs> no, no, there's I'm no almost, Navi here, bro. So we can't say Navi. I'm
3: almost saying like a, a Gambit resurgence seems. Oh, like, I was gonna pick Gambit too. I was gonna pick. Just the thing, like yeah. I think Heroic might even be better. Like, but when it overall, but like when it comes to like an important match, I don't think I favor Heroic to win it. I, yeah, the thing about
0: Heroic for me is that I think that. I would want a Heroic Gambit Finals for for my sake, not for the viewer's sake. The view the best, like, viewer game would be, like, Liquid Astralis Grand Finals. That'd be amazing. Actually, you know what? That'd be kind of epic. So, you know what? I would want that. But for, for the quality of Counter-Strike played, I think Heroic Gambit would be very high. And I think that Gambit... To me, Gambit are in a really good place where they almost match up with every team very well. And I don't... The only team that seems to, like, beat them is Navi. And I think that coming off of the V4 festival, like they kind of showed that you know what we can hold our nerve on land. Like they had some game I think where they were getting like it was getting pretty close and they were still able to pull through. I forgot man, I forgot what, but it was because it was happening the same time as uh, the Academy League, so I kind of was watching with one eye. And uh, the so I'm gonna go with Gambit. I'm gonna say Gambit are gonna win this one. No, no, who does your who's your uh, your winner of this? I'm gonna take Virtus Pro. I love that pick. I love that pick, and I wish I made it myself, but I I couldn't. I can't.
4: Well, they no, have an no. epic easy layup in the first round since Snappy's not with ends for the uh oh, at least the first game. Test a positive it's for exactly the C Yeah, so,
2: yeah. I I also yeah. think that with limited practice, they honestly looked pretty That's good at true. the major. Um, really and considering they've now had basically what like two and a half weeks to, yeah, got to got actually to flip. get some practice in. Yeah, yeah. they got flipped. I think that they actually could definitely just
3: taken like i'm still gonna say i I could see i could see vp going on a going on a run for sure
4: i will actually predict heroic to win because it's time navi's not
3: you're not gonna predict Fnatic.
4: i won't actually predict i'll predict Fnatic top four and i I like that we split this
0: we redid we okay. because I would have actually pegged Heroic Gambit and VP to be my three favorite, like yeah. three. Yeah.
4: The reason players. I go for Heroic here over some of the CIS squads is just because they are more, this sounds incre- incredibly crazy to say about Heroic, they are the most LAN proven <laughs> and time tested <laughs> roster of the teams yeah. that are at this event. Sure. Besides, I guess, G2. Also, I, oh, we haven't even mentioned say, G2.
2: Picked, it's interesting none of us
1: picked G2.
3: <laughs> we didn't, I didn't even say they're in the top person. three. <laughs> Wait, even, well they're, they're not playing with Nexa, so they're playing with Kenny. They're playing oh, with Kenny, Oh, that's true, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And that's I mean, yeah. I still, boy, think, I still think they could do a lot of damage, though. Yeah. For sure. I think once
0: teams start anti-stratting Glaive a little bit, I don't think he's going to op as well at this event. Do you think, also. Do you think G2 yes. will make playoffs with Kenny? Oh, let me see the run. Playoffs. Ooh, so
2: Ty Liu. They should be beating Tylu. Really? Tyloo, Ty then so.
4: Liquid I, then if they assuming they beat Liquid they would have to go up against either Astralis or Vitality and they have two chances so. at
0: that point. Yeah. They have two chances at that point. I think I don't know if D2 even make playoffs. I'm a, no, Nico's too good, dude. No, Nico is too good. good. Like, Nico is too good. He will will them through games that they he'll shouldn't be. will be calling here too. Oh, <laughs> wait, mine. okay. Yo, he can nah, he can call. Nico's actually proven that he can call in a way that's like Not the most tactically like incredible, but it's like good, it's good enough calling. So I, I just want I, there
4: to be like, okay, I just want there to be the, the round timers fr- frozen. We're we're finally at the first rifle round of G2 versus Tyloo. They lost the pistol and the force by and the Eco. All right, round number four, they get the op out, right? And then there's a technical pause as fisticuffs have broken out in the G2 camp because Kenny S has just looked over and saw Aminek with the AWP dropped by Nico <laughs> instead of him. And he says, what the fuck? Sacre bleu! And then, you know, they get that's disqualified. The,
3: that's the... That's the uh, I, I assume they are gonna like, yeah. s- like adjust the, the roles a bit so that Kenny is offing. No, yeah, Armanac there's no way the he there. there's
4: no zero, zero chance. No, I'm just I, I'm sure he will. The thing Kenny is, is, like, Nico's been the T side yeah. opera because G2 don't really have a T side yeah. opera, and then yeah. like Amanak has been the CT side opera. I, what is I, I mean, Kenny's been playing a little bit of Valorant, a little bit well, of CS. It'll be
3: a bit tricky though because Nico's usually lurking, right? So... I yeah, guess, I well oh, I uh, guess
4: the we'll T-side the op in my head is see. like mostly Mirage, but like Well Riz... I'm just trying
3: to i I'm just trying to figure out how they'll like play their T-sides, whether like Nico will be like with the pack and Almanac will just lurk for him or like how how yeah. they'll do it. I'm interested to see.
4: It will be an interesting sort of almost like pug version of G2, right?
2: Yeah. So that'll be nice.
3: T sides I think are pretty straightforward, but T-sides yeah. could be a bit a bit weird. Mm. Okay. Oh, there you go. What, okay, so so we got our big three here.
0: Any any bold bold predictions? So I think Prodogo, yours is Fnatic top four. Fnatic anybody top else four, have baby. A, Anybody else have a bold one? Mm. Player breakout, possibly a
2: a team okay. sneaking into the playoffs. I think honestly, I like Pronogo's pick of Fnatic top four. Yeah, that's a good one. I do. Good one. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say that. Uh, Vitality also make top four. So you're gonna put five teams in the top four there. No no. I have Fnatic, VP, <laughs> Vitality, and Gambit. Wow, heroic, no, heroic. In the top four. Yeah. What? <laughs>
1: Yo! You
0: are you're going you're going off your rocker note. You're off they did rock. not
2: impress me in in Blast. Yeah, but they're going Man. back to pseudo online, pseudo land. Yeah, so.
0: studio. It's the studio for, for heroic right now. It's Their studio, studio matches weren't
2: super impressive either.
1: Mm,
3: okay. All right. All right. All right. I got. I mean, they barely beat phase. That's true. I got my bold prediction. Okay. Liquid right. is getting out of group A. Wow.
4: That is kind of bold. That's actually. But I'll, I'll take bold. it too. Yeah. But I'll listen, second all
3: they have to do is be OG in bo one, which they can definitely do. <laughs> And then they have to beat G2 without Nexa and a BO3, which I think they can also do. And then they're through. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to have a really Wait, bold one through? here. Wouldn't yeah. they also then that, have to play No, that that last match at the end is only for seeding oh. to like go to the semis. All oh, right, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Proceed to playoffs no matter who gets there. Yeah. 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 So, okay, they my, only,
3: Yeah. My my
0: bold pred uh is that and this is me putting my analyst career on the line here, NIP <laughs> will have above a 33% win rate on T-side. That's it. <laughs> Mad man. No way. What was, <laughs> it the, what was that at Blast? I think like 30. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. That can't be my bold pred. I that's actually like don't even believe line. that. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, that's, that's actually, a actually a pretty low percentage. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't even think that's going to happen. Um, my Mine is that uh, I think Modern will be really good for Is It's Modern, right? Yeah, I think Modern's gonna own. I think Modern is gonna like. I think Modern's gonna end this event with a one point one six rating. I'll say that. That's my bold pred. Exactly. Yeah, it's down I think to it's the one second point, decimal point. Yeah, one point one six rating for Modern. That's my bold pred for this. I think it's gonna be like because Modern. I'll say this. Anytime on FPX, they left him alone to just do whatever he wanted to do. That dude just came up with two kills out of nowhere. A lot. Like it was kind of dumb after a while watching it it was like okay this is like clearly not even a style this is just modern killing people so yeah i think he does his best work when he's in a situation that he can just do whatever he wants and that's exactly what is expected of him as a stand-in he's probably one of the best stand-in riflers uh you could ask for that are on the open market
2: i i also think that i predicted an impossible bracket now that I'm actually like looking at yeah. the matchups and <laughs> the realizing that Gambit, Fanatic, and Heroic are all... or Gambit, Fanatic, and VP are all in the same group. So there's <laughs> no actual way for them all to make top four <laughs> with Vitality. Oh yeah, it's actually impossible. Yeah, it's actually impossible. So oh, that's to, such to, a shame from seeding. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm still going to take VP, and uh, then I would say probably uh, Gambit, Vitality, and... I say Astralis surprised people here. Gamb- wait, you said Gambit, VP, correct?
4: Which is from Group B, and then Group A. Okay, would be, and then, and then Group A is
0: Vitality, Astralis. What? Astralis? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, wait, what? If I'm gonna Letality. double dip oh, you, on, okay, that's for top four.
1: Yeah, I got you.
4: If yes. I'm gonna double dip on something, I'll just say that uh, NIP bomb out zero
0: wins. No <laughs> yeah. way! No way! 100%. I don't. uh no,
2: they're gonna face Mouse. Yeah, what do you mean? tag has had like three days to work on a Swedish on the way to Stockholm. <laughs> so
0: yeah, that's gonna help. It's I mean, gonna, honestly, the be best way the best way to learn a language is by being thrust into the culture, and that's why he's going to Sweden <laughs> to at this event to learn Swedish. It makes perfect sense now. Okay, um, I think that wraps up our IEM Winter Preview. This is like again, this has been going on for a hell of a long time. So I'll just throw it to the question of the week. The question of the week, if you guys are first time tuning in or just don't know what this is about, the question of the week is usually just an end of discussion question that I come up with uh, that usually is just like kind of more on the philosophical side or just kind of like kind of looser. There's no right answer. So the question of the week is, is CSGO better off
3: with a dominant number one team? Yes. Mm. Depends. I think like so th- because oh god. I was gonna say like at the moment I feel like it kinda sucks because I don't see any team that has like a real shot at like dethroning them, especially like long term. But I think it it's good for like stories and stuff if there are other teams out there that like are able to realistically like compete with them. Like at times it felt like Astralis was just literally untouchable. And like the teams from like number two down were literally in like a completely different tier. And it kind of feels that way with like Navi sometimes. Especially because like a lot of those teams, you'll look at them and it feels like all of them have like some like weird roster situation going yeah. on. It's like it's not like their real like lineup or something. Like in that way, when it's like when it gets to be like that point, I think it's very uninteresting. When it's like maybe at like some points like twenty fifteen, Fnatic where you had like TSM who was able to like take maps off of them, you had like Envy who was still like in the fray. I think that's like pretty exciting, and I think it's good to have like a clear number one that people are trying to like knock off at that point. But it's like it can be like too much. Uh, i think it's like 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 most things you got to hit like a certain sweet spot
2: for for me it's there's there's two sides to it or two two points to it that make it exciting to have a dominant top team is one that it it gives everybody not necessarily a villain but like a a figure that everybody's trying to take down and that's an always an exciting storyline in any tournament like yes navi are coming in right now and dominating everything but like the fact is that someday someone will topple the Titan, and that's always going to be an exciting narrative to have. That was the same for Astralis. Secondly, I think when you have a team that that, that is that dominant uh, above all others at tournaments, you're going to force them to make changes if they're unable to beat you, and it forces everybody else to get better, whether it be like by actually improving in their strategies and whatnot, or picking up players that are going to improve their roster. And that sort of keeps that cycle of, like, new storylines, more exciting, like, tournaments going. Without, like, having a dominant team, stuff gets a little stale over time. Like, yeah, cool, this team wins this tournament this week, and this team wins another tournament this week. Like, sure, that's it's cool that there's enough depth for that to happen, but it doesn't necessarily, like... It's not as exciting as it would be as if, like, you have one team that's actually playing very well and other teams are trying their... Uh, everything they possibly can to catch up. Mm.
4: Yeah, to jump okay. off of that point note, I would say we we sort of saw a test case for a parity era taken to its incredibly logical extreme where we had this insane amount of tournaments, the oversaturation of the online era, plus every single team, like every single event having a different winner, having all of these one-offs for a week big is top one, for a week heroic is top one, and so on and so forth. G2
0: were top one without even winning an event at one point. And EG were also top one as well <laughs> i <laughs> forgot EG won was NA one. yeah yeah that's that's next yeah. level so stan, yeah. stan realized he hit the top and he didn't need to try after that yeah yeah, yeah. that was his crowning achievement went
4: straight up he's like you know what daps for a chance you a change you can replace me we'll see how that goes
0: yeah because i've hit number one daps and you'll never take that away from me
4: <laughs> so i just i think that like we've already had the most extreme test case of no clear number one favorite team And it was not very enjoyable as a spectator or as an enthusiast, as somebody who's like following all the games. It doesn't really give you a clear narrative to hang on to, which is something that I think, you know, obviously you brought up note is like, here's a a sort of storyline that you can build up over the course of the event. And every time you have a match with a clear number one favorite, like Navi in this case, people tune in, not just because they're fans of the team, but also because they might be haters of the team or they're just really interested in being there when the actual, like the history happens, when the nuke streak is broken by Vitality or when anybody comes in at any point to challenge them and actually defeat them in a 2-1 series. Maybe it could be heroic. That's like a team a lot of people have touted as they don't always capitulate to Na'Vi the same way a lot of other teams do. That could be a big storyline. So especially as this sort of thing develops, you'll even start to rank teams based on how good they are against this one squad. And then you have all of the roster moves that come yeah. up because these this team is so dominant that every other team needs to change in order to, to contest with them. That's why I think it's better off with a number one team, but I'll have a caveat there that says... The reason why, one of the main reasons why it's really good is because it drives so much roster mania so that we actually do eventually get another dominant number one team. And there's always that scrap, you know, in a a healthy ecosystem for CS. I think it looks like dominant number one team, maybe even establishing an era if they're true greats. And that happens for a minimum six months. And then another team starts to upset them. All of the roster moves start to click into place and you'll start to you know get that number one team fall off. And then there's like this weird pit fight between all of the teams that were challenging up until that point for the next three months. And then it, the cycle sort of starts looping back in on itself where you will get a natural successor out of that power vacuum. And then the Roster Mania saga starts all over again. So that's probably where, where CSGO looks like if it returns to land for a really long, lengthy amount of time
0: can't really yeah I, I i'd say i can't really add too much of to that honestly that, that was like pretty that was already pretty well said i think a lot of the points have been brought up i'd say like e- even though i i think that csgo is better when there's uh, a dominant number one i'll say like something that goes against i guess kind of against that is is kind of the the viewer fatigue of kind of knowing going into like like just to be honest like I'll say that the Vitality series delivered against Na'Vi at Blastfall finals but like kind of sucks some of the enjoyment out of it when it's like 1 to 4 favorites, you know, like mm. when you look at those odds and stuff and it's just like you kind of know what the result is probably going to be of something. Um so there's for a team to be dominant, I think though, I think I think it's good in an overall picture sense, but I actually think kind of in the tournament to tournament basis, it's kind of boring. Uh it's kind of just like, you know, you get you because we kind of know, like, the Blast World Finals 2 is just going to be, like... like, like, Is, is anyone really going to challenge Navi at those also? So kind of, like, in that sense, it's bad. Like, I think the one fun thing about the Blast World Finals, if I actually look at it, is that Gambit's playing in it. So it's another... They get another chance to take a crack at them. Uh, and probably Heroic 2 will get another chance to, to fight them. But other than that, like, I just don't, don't really see anybody stepping up to the plate. And so in these, like short term like timelines it's it's just like i uh, just kind of know what's up with this but uh either way I'm glad that I'm glad that that Navi are dominant because like you guys are saying it's forcing so many other teams to make changes. I think that's gonna be it though. Uh let's do shout out let's do shout outs and and send this off. Uh Mix, what's your what's your shout out for the week? OC. Sick. That's really <laughs> sick. Okay. No, what's your shout out?
2: <laughs> uh I have no direct shout out this week, so follow all of us on Twitter if you don't already.
3: Actually I have to change it. I'm changing it to Floppy because he shouted me out after they uh they qualified for EPL. So I got Really? Out. When did he shout you out? Like when he was doing the interview after. Oh, I didn't watch it. Sorry. So <laughs> I have to I have to repay him for that. I I didn't expect you to watch it so. <laughs>
4: Just the way that he's like Oh, sorry I missed one of your crowding achievements
3: I don't know yeah, my bad. The way yeah, that my he name. said that is, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, That was one of the best moments of my life But <laughs> Yeah, I missed that one
0: That's uh, my bad Uh, Pernogo, what's your shout out?
4: Man, I don't know I'm kind of in notes boat where I don't have a direct shout out I'll say, uh, you know what, shout out go first. Okay, okay, you go first, give me time to think
0: I have a a handful of shout-outs here, because I have a couple things coming up. Uh, I don't actually have like tournaments going on right now, but I basically... uh, I'm doing like this Dixerto pod with DJ Esports and Thorin and Semler regularly, so that's another place to catch me. Uh, It's pretty awesome, because they pay me, so that's always great that I get paid for a show. And uh, also, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but you know what? No one told me I couldn't. Um, I think I'm I'm going to LA for a post-show of IEM Winter, and that's going to be like... I th- yeah, I'm not going to say anything more than that, but I think I should be going to LA for like a single day of work, basically, and my travel days of of pay. So I should be doing a post-show for IEM Winter. So if you guys watch IEM Winter and you want to see some some stuff...
3: Sorry, I'm probably not going to be able to catch that, so... <laughs> but don't worry it'll be
0: my my crowning achievement at the time but yeah i should I, there should be like a po- a cool little fun post show with uh some really big guests and one of which that many people thought may have been gone from the counter-strike scene and that's as much as i want to tease about it right here publicly Ooh. so that'll be um that'll be kind of fun so we'll see we'll see if that comes to fruition uh still talking about it with the the people that are putting it on but uh either way uh, watch I am Winter. So when you watch that post game thing, you can catch me on that. Yep. There Panogo, you what's go, yours?
4: Uh, I'll say shout out to the deaf audio guy at PGL because now we've seen <laughs> a really great tournament with no audio issues, and well, we just know his his experience was valuable. He's got
0: a long way to go.
3: He's got a long
0: way to go. His
4: ho- whole life ahead. He's the
3: first ever deaf producer <laughs> to produce a major. How dare you?
4: That's why
0: I'm shouting him up, bro.
3: Big yeah fan. yeah
0: we're not we're Big not fan of able his work. Here. on it's server time all right that's gonna be it uh roll the roll the patron thing and let's get out of here <laughs> bye get